Hello everyone, I'm Thomas from Daft Punk. Random access memories, Daft Punk. Daft Punk, Thomas and Guy from Daft Punk. There you go, Daft Punk. We assume that's Daft Punk under those helmets. Hello everyone, I'm Guy Manuel from Daft Punk. Daft Punk mixes of Daft Punk. Daft Punk! Let's get back to the to Daft Punk. It was because of, you know, Daft Punk. Daft Punk. Daft Punk! Daft Punk! Hello, robots, big and small, from around the world. It's time to get lucky. Yeah, it is. Because it is a live 2021, a Daft Punk podcast. Your one-stop shop for three best friends from Detroit talking about the Frenchest robots in the world. Some people say it's a Daft Punk podcast. I say it's your Daft Punk podcast. It's your Daft Punk podcast. You know what? It's our Daft Punk it's podcast. The collective, the everybody, every everybody's the, Daft Punk. The podcast. Royal Daft Punk. <laughs> <laughs> the Royal Daft. Punk. The Royal Daft Punk. All of us are. In, in a way, all of us are Daft Punk. This is his name is Robert Paulson. Energy. Yeah, from I was just Bike thinking Club. that. Yeah. Um, we're here talking about uh, our favorite French robots. If you're new to the show. Um, why, why have you only, why, why have you taken this long to find us? And but, why are you tuning in in this episode first? I, maybe it's just people who are jumping on cause this is their favorite record. Yeah. Daft Club rocks, man. Maybe, maybe we are going to get a huge upswing of Jess and Crab fans. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Daft Club episode. Um, uh, this is our last ep in the discovery era. It is. And I was thinking about it today. The last track on this is just something about us again. There's no remix, just the song. And we thought it was crazy that something about us was a single like two years after Discovery. This is why they were promoting this in Interstellar. Mm, that was not a that right, was not a single. Right, yeah, because right, it's right, it's right, it's right. weird. I, I noticed that it's something about us, but it's the, the, the subtitle is the from, love ballad from Interstellar. So yeah. it is absolutely a promote a promotion. Yeah, they released thing. that as a single for this and for they Interstellar. Did. Yeah, because uh, there were like package deals. Uh, you could you could get this with Interstellar. There was di- like different things going. That on. makes sense because they had uh, otherwise they were putting out uh, an anime of a record that was a couple years old with no new tunes alongside it so yeah. this okay this is that makes sense yeah, i think that Absolutely. makes sense this, I, we cracked it i mean because we thought it was crazy that that came out a full two years after the right. album as a single this whole why. uh you know think I, I i was thinking the exact same way and I, the, the more i think about daft club the more I, I think it was a great move for them i honestly i'm sure we'll get into reception oh, you have no shit, idea but like, it was, how how great of a move not just this record but the thought uh, the thought and the the strategy yeah. behind what but behind this these tunes, um, I have so much cool information about um, their thought process behind these songs, yeah. where they put them initially, how they distributed them. Uh, the record industry uh, at the time was in turmoil, and these guys figured out a really cool, inventive, unique way. If you know anything about me, you know that I love cool information. I yeah, I can't wait to hear. Very cool information. I got some I, cool information for you here, right here. Uh, we got a couple more five star re- reviews rolled in, boys. Hey, thank you, everybody. Five. Um, Everybody's five, favorite noise: clapping loudly yeah, in front of right your into microphone. the microphone. Uh, five Claps star are one review. of the main noises in house music. So it's true. <laughs> uh, 
That is true. <laughs> Five-star review titled An Amazing Conversation About Our Two Favorite Robots. I won't lie, I fell back in love with Daft Punk after they broke up, and I regret losing interest years ago. After that, they are amazing, and I'm always singing and thinking about their music. So he, he, he one, of one, us. Of us. One, one of us. One of us. We're always thinking about this music. We got another one. Uh, five-star review. This podcast made me fall in love with Daft Punk's music all over again and introduced me to some sweet French house. Super knowledgeable. Super cool. Wow. People continue to praise our knowledge <laughs> that rocks yeah that, 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 that's, that's, so that nice. that's the one that's the yeah. that's the one most consistent um compliment we get is your knowledge is fantastic <laughs> it's, i, I want to just that's a I, testament to andrew that's I, that's a. Uh, I want to just hammer home you guys that i know you've listened to us talk for hours and hours and hours about daft punk and music house music we talk so much more about house music yeah. than we record. Really do. We talked about dance music a lot this past weekend. We yeah. talked about we, dance we, music for like an hour and a half we, before we hit record we today. Maybe possibly alienated some of our friends by talking about it too incessantly. At the <laughs> Andy, Andy and I this weekend, just him and I, because our our significant others were out of town. We watched like three disco movies. That's true. <laughs> but our significant others were out of town, so. Devin slept over at my house, just the two of us, and we watched three different movies about <laughs> disco. <laughs> that whips ass. That rocks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if everybody, like, we're just going to take this moment to, to point out that Devin is bringing back the term whips ass. Yeah. Whips ass he is, is back in a major leaning way. in hard, and it makes me laugh so hard every time he yeah. says it. I love it. You guys start saying whips ass again. Yeah. <laughs> start saying it again. Have you never stopped? You're one of us. Hey, on top of uh, on top of those reviews, we got a ton of t-shirt sales. Uh, Is that right? I, mean, I don't know if a, a relative ton, just like, like, but it's very cool. It's very awesome. cool. You guys who are Thank out there you. buying really the shirts. Thank you for supporting the show. And if you guys are interested, uh, it's it's Devin's Devin's design um, fleshed out and uh, my sister Danielle Rosnai. Yeah, fleshed out by Danielle Rosnai. It's the pyramid, and then in big block letters, it says. Two French robots. It's a good shirt. It's a good shirt. I will be wearing mine a lot. Um, uh, it's a good shirt. If you want your uh, uh, Alive 2021 shirt, go to alive2021.com, uh, and you can find out more information about the show there. You can also, if you have any information about the band, if you uh, think we missed something, or if there's an anecdote you want us to know, or a story you heard about the guys that you want us to know, or if you have some sort of personal story revolving around Daft Punk, we want to hear it. E even if you're out there making your own music inspired by Daft Punk, we want to hear it. We want to see your fan art. We want to interact with people who are enjoying the show. So please email me anything you want at info at alive2021.com. I'm I'm very happy with you know I know we we talk, we talk about music a lot but we I'm I've been very happy with the the people who sent us their music. It's a very yeah. cool thing to to hear somebody who, you know we we wouldn't have found your music otherwise and uh, I don't know if you noticed we love we love and music. Shout out, shout I out love to everyone music who's doing uh, fan art and stuff on Instagram and stuff. I know uh, people have tagged us in a couple of things and I don't know if I've kept track of all of it but everybody's been making really cool pictures and really cool stuff about Daft Punk. Yeah. It's, it's been really awesome. It's almost like if a band is robots, it's easy to draw pictures of them. <laughs> Andy's just, it was smart just of, tearing down people's, I don't, no, people's no, no, no. drawings. No, no, no. I mean, like, 
don't know if we talked about it. It was smart for them to be robots because then people draw pictures of them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Classically, very difficult part of a person to draw is the is head, the head, the face, <laughs> the, the symmetry. The, yeah, yeah. Because you think it's symmetrical, but it's really not. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, you guys ready to get to it? I'm so ready. I feel I feel very good today. I was I don't born know if ready, and honestly, I'm gonna it. die. Ready. I'm gonna die ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna, uh, they're gonna put that on my my tombstone, Devin. He died he ready. Died ready. <laughs> For what? Devin. Who knows? Disco. Whatever, Devin. <laughs> he died ready. All right, here we go. Daft Punk, basking in the glow of their homework era success, may have seen the tides turning earlier than most. Two young technological impresarios cultivating a brand of futuristic vibes while introducing the world to computer music may have realized that computers and the internet specifically would change much more about the music industry than how the music itself was actually made. While they were away from the public spotlight creating discovery in their bedroom beat laboratory in the late 90s, Tomas Bengalter and Guy Manuel de Homem Cristo saw, saw their world changing underneath their feet. They were eager to help dance music evolve, but they understood, too, that the business of music was going to change. Uh, and the major le- record labels were not ready for what was about to happen. Uh, Stephanie at the blog Softer, Worser, Slower, Weaker, who we've talked about before, awesome blog, ton of cool dive punk stuff there. She uncovered a quote from Tomas uh, from 1998 that in hindsight is like prescient. So this is Tomas. In a few years, there won't be any more formats of media. CDs and other media formats will disappear and everyone will be connected to a database where there'll be tons of songs. You'll have to choose, enter your credit card number and download the song of your choice and listen at home. This will wreak havoc on the concept of distribution and the majors will probably have to rethink their role because it would be very easy to do it without them. For example, on the internet, you can listen to music for free. Everyone will be able to distribute their music themselves and sell it more cheaply. Um, it's hard to understand just how bizarre this statement must have sounded when Tomas first said it. iTunes, uh, which he basically described in that quote, was launched uh, January 9th, 2001, three full years uh, uh, in the future from that quote. And just a few months before the release of Discovery. Uh, Americans alone purchased almost a billion CDs a year in 1999 and 2000. That number dipped by nearly 200 million units by 20, uh, 2002. Uh, and last year, Americans bought fewer than 50 million CDs, uh, fewer than at any time before the 1980s, before the format had uh, sincerely taken over from cassettes as people preferred as their preferred music medium. You know what's crazy though? I do want to even even amplify a little bit more. iTunes that launched in 2001 did not have a music store. It was just a music app. iTunes mm. Music Store, the part where you bought music, did not launch until 2003. Wow. So it's even two years further removed. Wow. Because iTunes pre pre the music store was iTunes just like a a, a kind of music player media player yeah. app or app tunes so. um but but it yeah i mean it's it's crazy that yeah so oh, like 5 years wouldn't before it, wouldn't that. it have been crazy if he did that he said that and then at the end he was like and in 2007 a housing bubble is going to devalue <laughs> housing securities and it's going to launch a global recession. And we're like, wow, that's and really crazy. And you might, what's really going to wreak havoc on the music industry in 2020? All, <laughs> all live music is going to come to a screeching halt. In the future, halt. live music's actually not going to be around because of like a special like disease that's coming a spe- out. Uh, a special, special disease. disease. He, like he was, 
absolutely prescient about where the industry was going in a way that just didn't uh, the the industry itself was not grappling with it in the late '90s. They were not ready for what was about to happen. No, uh, it's 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 it's. I mean, it really was. I mean, we. I I I mentioned this earlier today. It's funny to me that this song opens with an unironic. Uh, the, the the album opens with unironic dial-up noises yeah. because that was the sounds of the the, the 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 time, the the technology. We of probably the time. you know like looking at this now. You know the digital downloads of these tracks. That, that's two thousand one. You know, like yeah. like like like. Um, I, I I do analog downloads. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> but like looking back from the lens of like twenty twenty almost twenty years later or whatever. We're like, gonna talk about it, but like kids or any anybody younger than us listening it listening to this um, episode cannot fully understand the difference between the way people uh uh engaged with the music industry in the 90s and yeah. now and i really um, think that even us you know even like I, I i am you know in 2003 i'm i'm 13 years old i'm, yeah. I'm a i'm in my 30s we're in our 30s at yeah. this point you know I'm, and yeah. we feel like we have a good handle on this like our understanding of this era is much different than the you know the tw- the 20 somethings of the time or the older yeah. folks of the time you know i am not i am i'm i'm a child you know? i'm excited to talk about this stuff because I I was like some of my first memories are from being in first grade and that was the year Napster came out and I remember yeah, all right, so in, yeah we'll hold get that to thought because we're going to get to Napster talk about yeah it. hold that thought because we're going to get it's an Napster very quickly here uh, in the late 90s a change in format was not the biggest threat to the music industry after all you still have to pay a buck uh, on iTunes even if uh, even if we had like shucked the need for uh, the actual physical copy. The existential threat to the music industry in the late two, in the late nineties was how quickly people changed their minds about the need to pay for music at all. This is going to sound like an old or like old person speak to anybody younger than us, but music sharing software and downloadable tracks exploded just before the turn of the millennium and completely changed the way people consumed music at a breakneck pace that still two de- decades later, the industry is still trying to figure out. Napster was a peer-to-peer file sharing service that was launched online in June of 1999. There were uh, similar programs that had popped up online before Napster, but most were uh, kind of for more tech-savvy people uh, who could navigate difficult-to-use programs in the nascent era of the internet. Uh, And this is when most Americans at this point are just trying to figure out what the Internet is, if they have it at all in their homes. It's an information superhighway. Yeah. If I learned anything from uh, uh, Cable Guy starring Jim Carrey, it's the information (laughs) superhighway. (laughs) Shout out. Cable guy, that's an underrated well, movie. What's, what's crazy? Like, like I'm gonna put this into context too for people younger than us. I, I think, remember honestly, in, if any celebrity that we've talked about other than Tomas and Guiman, Jim Carrey might be up there because I think it's like the third episode we yeah. mentioned him already. Good, uh, but to put this into context <laughs> too, like, uh, like, like the year 2000, that what is it? That, that movie, The Beach, comes out, and I remember this scene vividly in in The Beach, where uh, is it Leonardo DiCaprio in, in yeah. that movie? Where he's one of the, the the shots at the end of the movie is him watching a dial-up screen slowly load a 
terrible website but that's you know like the internet at yeah. this time like for people who are younger than us like you're talking like yeah insane loading like we click play in a song plays so now. when napster came out you're downloading a track for like a whole day for, oh yeah for literally like a day like to load a a, a text-based one image page it's like the first line yeah. of it goes it's the dial second up, line the third line it's dial-up internet and and it takes forever napster is the first moment where some like file sharing becomes accessible to the average American yeah. with a with a dial up modem. Uh, Napster was specifically for MP3, and it, it it was like their goal to be user friendly. So I was maybe fourteen or so in the early two thousands. I had somehow convinced my parents to let me download the program on our family computer, just a clunky gray box with a dial up connection. It was in our basement. Uh, um, and I just spent countless hours like perfecting my, my space page down there, drumming up the perfect away message for my aim profile. Uh, my music collection at the time was comprised of my dad's old copy of a Huey Lewis and the news record, a handful of Blink-182 album, uh, albums, a copy of weird Al's <laughs> running with scissors and a scratched up bone thugs and harmony album that I found in the middle of the street. One time <laughs> <laughs> it was a bleak world out there for kids who liked music yeah. because you had to, you had to buy it and you had to have the means with which to get there and convince your parents, uh, even though I had the parental guidance sticker on there. Um, suddenly with Napster, on my family computer and no concept of how immoral or illegal it was to just steal songs. I had the entire world of music at my fingertips. I downloaded whatever my Jinko poison brain I could find, uh, burning pop punk CDs for all my friends. Much of it, uh, was fake. I don't know if you guys remember that from Napster. Absolutely. So, so yeah, what was, what was say, your experience so 90, with Napster? 99 into 2000. That was the year Napster came out in 99. It would have been, couple months after or around 2000 i remember i was in first grade it's one of the first memories i have of like you know you you remember kindergarten stuff but i remember in first grade my dad and i talking to my mom and being like we need to get cable internet napster because nap right now napster is taking for we were like listen you don't have to buy music anymore for we can get cable internet because yeah. we'll be able to download it so fast and i was like yeah that's a good idea and I remember when they came and did cable, and as soon as they left, my dad and I were like, oh, cool, we can we can do it. And we started, like, downloading stuff and songs that had taken all night. We could download, like, a whole album in two hours. Yeah. And it was incredible. So, kids out there, imagine being psyched that you can download an album in two hours. My parents... Uh, I, I made I told them I wanted to download some songs. They were like, all right, you have to print out the lyrics to the songs. And I, in first grade, printed out the lyrics to <laughs> Freak on a Leash and Got the Life by Corn, <laughs> Pretty Fly for a White Guy by The Offspring, uh, All the Small Things, and The Party Song by Blink-182. And they said no to The Party yeah, Song because it talked sense. about taking off underwear or something. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I remember. I remember downloading. Partying is not like, for children. <laughs> partying is not for children. There is a different kind of partying is for partying children. for I, like sweaty, sweaty men like me. I remember like finding like a simple plan song on there and in it being like you download it. Like the estimated time of download when you it's like it goes from like 47 minutes to six and a half days <laughs> and you have to keep your computer on the whole time. And so like you go to school and try to 
convince your mom that the computer should be on and you get back from school and it's like seven days i tried to download all of dragon ball z this was a few years later all of dragon ball z hype it was super compressed it was 250 gig yeah and i was like it was like i was probably in seventh grade i'm like i'm leaving the computer on all summer and i did Dude, <laughs> i left I... the computer on all summer and i downloaded 250 gig of dragon ball Hell z. yeah i remember oh, at one rocks. point in time trying to download cky2k sure uh <laughs> which is the the bam margera and 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 company that's 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 our generation that's, yeah, right that's there 90s uh, that's, that's 2000, yeah, that's 2000. Sure. uh but yeah i remember that exact problem mom don't turn off the computer Do mom not. Mom, do not mom, exit LimeWire. Whatever you do, don't, mom, don't, mom, don't, don't, don't do this. Mom, mom don't, don't fucking mom. answer that call. Mom. Do not answer that mom. phone right now. Mom, I don't care who you have to talk to I this need summer. To watch, I'm on the computer. I need to watch CKY2K <laughs> as soon as six days from now. So I remember calling my my entire family into the, our basement so we could crowd around, uh, crowd around the computer and listen to this song, which Na- the at Napster interface promised me was a recording of Justin Timberlake uh, as a child. Oh, boy. You're my honey bun sugar plum, pumpy umby umpkin. You're my sweetie pie. You're my cupcake gumdrop, snickums, bickums, you're the apple of my eye. That is not Justin Timberlake. You are going to send me that. I, I am sample, going to sample, sample that. that. Yeah, yeah, no, Devin, Devin, and like, both, Devin and I both looked at each yeah, other at the exact same time. It's like it, that thing, I don't know, I think it might be Shirley Temple. I don't know. It has like it has like 300 million things on YouTube. Yeah. It's been it's been re purposed and stuff as, as as a bunch of different things napster was notorious for fakes for people putting their own music under Justin like Justin Timberlake invented napster in that movie that's right that's right <laughs> <laughs> um uh uh but yeah they they would just have like like people would upload their own music onto napster and be like new red hot chili peppers album yeah it was not no there is, uh, it's not Napster, it's a few years later, but somebody uploaded uh, Shy, the the best of your life, and said, this is new Daft Punk. Yeah. They were like, this is the new Daft Punk song, and it was a different French house track from the early 2000s. That song is in my set now. Yeah. I would never have heard that if I weren't trying to find new Daft Punk so, in 2006. That's an incredible uh, time for you to bring that up because I actually found a quote from a BBC-hosted Q&A where someone asked Tomas and Guimán about the plethora of fake Daft Punk leaks that perforated programs like Napster at the turn of the century uh, as, ex- uh, as excitement for their sophomore album reached a fever pitch. Gimon responded, it's fun to listen to Daft Punk songs that we have nothing to do with. Some of them are not bad at all. <laughs> it's wild because like I don't that that best of your life song, that's just a great yeah. French touch song from ninety nine. I think a lot of the crap on there that was being not crap, a lot of the stuff that was being uploaded was like it's like roulette and, yeah. and Pridemore stuff. It's just like anything that sounds French touch is Daft Punk. It's, it's, some it's, of it was crap. Some of it was people yeah. just trying to get people to listen to their music. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, but it's great to hear Gimon say that. And I know we, we, we point out Gimon doesn't talk a lot. 
So when he does talk, it's important. And I think this like one, that um, is a, so this Q and A specifically. Yeah. He says at the beginning, Tomas is stuck in traffic. I guess it'll have to be me. And every <laughs> answer is like four words. It's very That's cool. Why they broke up. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's very. That's why they split up. <laughs> I really enjoyed that quote right there specifically yeah. because it does embody what we've talked about a lot, which is it's about music. It's about fun. Like that goes almost hand in hand with like, why would be snobby? Let people in. Like why be pissed off that people are making stuff, you know? Like, and I get like, there's whatever, a moral conflict by misrepresentation or whatever. But like, I I like that. I like hearing that. That was a quote. Yeah. They, 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 yeah, whatever. We've heard fake Daft Punk songs. They rock. (laughs) Um, waiting through fake uploads was a hassle for sure, but it is impossible to overstate just how freeing it was to subtly have access to almost any song ever written. Uh, Alex Winter's a guy who made a documentary called Downloaded about the rise and fall of Napster. He said there was no ramp up. There was no transition. It was like that famous shot from 2001, a space odyssey when the prehistoric monkey throws a bone in the air and it turns into a spaceship. Napster was just this ridiculous leap forward. And again, it's hard. It's hard to. Do you know who Alex Winter is? What? Who directed that? <laughs> From Bill and Ted. <laughs> He's the director of that documentary. It's it's the uh, it's the guy that's not Keanu from Bill and Ted. I did he directed that documentary. That's, that's great. great. That's I did not I've seen know that documentary. That's <laughs> really funny. That's very funny. I I didn't know. Why I was, would you? I didn't know I was quoting Bill. <laughs> From very Bill funny. and Ted. That's great. Uh, but yeah, it was like you went from having to convince your mom to let you spend money at Best Buy to being able to download whatever you wanted. It, it was crazy. Uh, folks around the world almost immediately adopted Nap- Napster as a viable music service, reorient, uh, reorienting people's view of music from a consumer product into a public good. So you, you mentioned in your story uh, you don't have to buy music now. We need faster internet. It was it Napster was. This is a cost saving yeah, thing for our family. Napster was um was only online for like a year and a half, and in that time, it just that changed the way people thought about music. I I shouldn't have to buy it. Yeah, it's music, and in a way, like people have been buying music forever. Uh, um, so it was a huge change in just two years of operation. Napster had accumulated more than 80 million users before legal action sideswipe, sideswiped the program. Metallica attacked the service with a wave of legal action, as did Dr. Dre and other artists. The Recording Industry Association of America filed an enormous lawsuit against Napster, and they shut down in July of 2001 and were bankrupted by 2002. Napster still exists in some capacity. It's like a leg of a, uh, the streaming surface Rhapsody. I'm not really sure what what it does, but it's nothing like the wild west of internet privacy that existed, uh, piracy that existed in the year 2000. Yeah. Well, also, like it's cool. I was reading there that like uh, there are some people that credit Napster with uh, driving Radiohead's Kid A. To the top yeah, of the chart. That was a huge. Was a that was huge yeah. That's like that. the pinnacle of what Napster did. Uh, but and yeah, that, I mean, and that's interesting because Radiohead is another. We're going to talk about Daft Pug's forward thinking yeah. in terms of this stuff. 
But think about what Radiohead has done, like like the pay what you can stuff yeah. for their albums and things. Yeah, I and never they like wrote a whole album about what if a computer was sad and lonely. <laughs> That's very forward thinking. Yeah. I I never I was I was a little bit after Napster times, but I very vividly remember getting Kazaa. Kazaa was yeah, that was it. Man, I just looked it up. That was introduced March two thousand one. You know what? Uh, while we're being nostalgic for these things, there's one feature that I used on AIM that I don't know very many other people used but there was a way to put a bunch of your shit into a like file that friends of yours on AIM could see and they could say I want to download this Hmm. and you could give them access my friend Claire who's from the UK I met her through a music message board I just like downloaded several gigs of very cool underground music from her off AIM and that shaped a ton of my music taste for like wow. three years. Yeah. And that was a feature I never knew another person in the world who ever did that. I don't never knew that. that existed. It was very cool. You could download <coughs> your buddy's whole library of music. That's great. AIM Airdrop. That's nice. Yeah, it rocked. Uh, the recording industry, um, in this case, won. They got Napster knocked down. But the damage was done. People would never again uh, buy and consume music the way they did in the pre-Napster era. Not all artists were as aggressively anti-piracy as Metallic and Dr. Dre. Um, the following is, is an excerpt from a Guardian article about the his, history of Napster. Wyclef Jean wanted his music to be heard, um, however it was heard. Chuck D thought of file sharing as the new radio. Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins uh, was resigned. He said there's no stopping it. This revolution has already taken place, Peter Gabriel Gabriel even backed file sharing software of his own, though the service unromantically titled Web Audio Net did not have much of an impact. So there were people trying to figure out how to incorporate this. Uh, Our favorite robot boys weren't uh, satisfied with just making a pro or con statement and waiting to see what happened. They sensed that the introduction of programs like Napster would fundamentally change the way the public interacted with the music industry, and they wanted to help shape the future. Said Tomas at the time, we think Napster is a very positive thing because it raises questions and it raises issues. We look from both points of view, from making music to listening to music. For a music listener, Napster is a very crazy thing because you can have access to a lot of music. And for an artist, it's a very crazy thing because the main point of making it is to get it out there. The worst thing about Napster is getting the music for free. Getting the music for free makes it lose its value. Not that so so not that they necessarily wanted people to pay for their music. They didn't want the music itself to they didn't want people to think of it as um, like this flippant thing, right? They wanted the music itself to have cultural value and to m- be important and meaningful to people. Uh, around this time, Tomas and Guimon were busy on an uh, on an album that would revolutionize pop music as we know it. Uh, and they were also revolutionizing their own self-image, creating the robot stuff that would help them launch their iconic status. They were also revolutionizing the idea of music videos, expanding uh, the Discovery Project into Interstellar 55555, which we talked about last week. Why not revolutionize the business side as well? Inside our new Discovery album, CD or vinyl, you will find a Dad Club membership card. 
personal access code. It's very funny to me that he he's as we learned, he's typing that on his wrist, on his little panel on his wrist. That was from like a an electronic press kit that they give gave for Discovery, and it's one of the only times we hear hear the robot voice. It's not much of what they do because it's crazy, but I'm it's not. It, they they were smart to recognize. I am, not <laughs> I am so glad that they realized that that should not exist yeah. beyond that's, this that's era. Crazy. It really is crazy. There's a, the the coolest thing. When you go to a, a rave or whatever, so you're going to see a DJ you like. They come out, they play two hours of music, and then they say, "Hey, let's do some of this." And then they play another two hours, and then they say goodbye. Yeah, you don't need like. Yeah. as soon as you get to be in chatty in this industry, it feels weird. Yeah. Oh yeah. It would be nuts if at every concert <laughs> the robot voice came Hello. out over the PA. Welcome to Let Alive 2007. Tell you about <laughs> Daft Club. That's right, Daft Club. Daft Club. Daft Club. Daft Club. Daft Clubkin. Daft Clubkin. Daft. Uh, now, to be fair, Daft Punk did not invent the idea of band-led fan clubs. Uh, in the late 80s and 90s, many rock bands offered memberships to their biggest fans, paid annual subscriptions that would uh, include many mailed goodies like stickers, shirts, behind-the-scenes newsletters, uh, from the band, even vinyl singles. REM's is very famous. Uh, Pearl Jam had one. U2, Blur, Weezer, many other popular bands offered fans an exclusive look at art, music, and ephemera from a life on the road with a price tag attached. Were you guys ever on a street team? I was never on a street team, although I, I always on, thought street teams were kind of cool. I was on a street team for Rise Records and a couple bands where it's like, we are going to empower these a bunch of 14-year-olds, we're going to send them 500 stickers. What Go put them everywhere. One of my dreams is to empower, empower a horde of 14-year-olds. It, like, it is a marketing strategy that I don't know if we use now. We don't need to in, in the way we advertise stuff. But like, someone mailed me 500 stickers when I was in high school, and they were like, put them up everywhere. You love this stuff. Tell your friends about it. I mean, it. It it's kind of a awesome. very smart thing to do, yeah, too, absolutely. because like a 30-year-old a makes me 30 year old, part of it. A 30-year-old adult, adult can get can like don't put stickers on my window <laughs> but like a 14 year old kid it's like all those kids and it's like kids. It, yeah. it it makes it makes you want to do it because they're saying hey you're actually you're working with us we're doing this yeah, together you're so part of it you know that's, that's very a smart cool. way to do that i this think is, like for, for for me as far as like as, as as clubs and stuff go um the one that uh was very cool that um that my my family got was the the third man vault the third man records vault was always very cool because they put out some very cool like unreleased tracks or different types of tracks or like special one of a kind or live albums i have a couple of, of live albums from uh, you guys know I, I love the white stripes a little. oh yeah love the white stripes a little bit uh but but my favorite album of theirs was a vault uh yeah. man vault release so that yeah. that idea is very cool for like completionists um, and huge fans they're really important like rem absolutely they would um rems they would get stuff all year and they would get like exclusive pictures and newsletters and stuff from the band. And then once a year around Christmas, they would get a fan club 12 inch. That's great. And it would have like two songs on it, like something unreleased, some cover and then a Christmas song that they would do. And, and like, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, this Daft club was a different idea entirely. Each purchase of Discovery granted access to a website with exclusive Daft Punk content. 
new songs, new remixes, recordings of live performances. The idea was to engage with fans, understanding that tides were turning and more and more people every day were viewing access to music as a right, not a privilege. We have no problem with people getting our music on Napster and not buying the, the, mm. the album if they don't want to, but we think that by buying the album they have maybe a better deal mm-hmm. now or a good deal by doing this yeah. and that we're not trying to 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 rip them off or the, 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 the record company is not trying to rip them off either as it's a proof of, of, of goodwill of trying to make things better. Yeah. I took a quote out of this. Tomas <clears throat> saying that... Um, at this time, it it almost felt like uh, people who bought the record sometimes, it was like a pity thing. Like, nobody's buying records anymore. We'll do this because yeah. we, we want to support you. And they're like, that's not why we want to sell records. We want to give people an experience. And, and Daft Club was part of that. It, again, really feels like. The bots are on the right side of this looking back, which which is, I think, again, very, very cool and a testament to how forward thinking this is, they were. This is so much more respectful of your fans than yeah. the way da- Metallica handled things. Yeah. For like Lars, whatever his name is, to be like, like oh, we're going to we're going to clamp it down and we're going to try to arrest these people that are stealing our music. Like th- this. This is like we understand tides are turning. We're going to try to give you something special for your money you know there's yeah. not a lot of rosy visions of the future where the robots had the right <laughs> idea and won yeah. we're like the robots were right the again the robots finally right it's again. almost that's never that's true pre- when you see the future and the robots have won it's usually not a good sign <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's true that's a bad sign usually this and we is, had to yeah. we had to burn the sky up because the, the robots were solar powered so the idea of Daft Punk is like, what if Skynet was right the whole time? <laughs> so, Andy, I, Daft I, Punk's my Skynet. I got a question for you, yeah. I think. So I, I, I pull up the, the Wikipedia page on, on the screen here whenever we're doing a, a, an episode about something, right? And and so so were the digital downloads, they, were, they coincided with Discovery's release, uh, and so, then the album was released as an album fully in 2003. So were they were they were they coming out over time the, between 2001 yes, and 2003? Okay, yes, cool. like, they were like, coming okay. out. They were That's coming out over time for two years, and then and then the when but pre Interstellar five 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 right at that time the they released club the album. itself officially disbanded, cool. and they released almost all of the stuff that was on there um, between this and Alive ninety seven. What's what's also interesting to me looking at this, and we'll we'll get more into specific tracks later, is the order changes that they released them and then the order they are on the actual album oh yeah uh, interesting uh yeah i think i have this is what the website looked like (laughs) we'll post this we'll post this on our social medias on a live 2021 it's like the most year 2001 website that you that's very funny yeah we'll we'll throw that on the instagram you guys definitely Uh, check that out at live 2021 we're gonna throw this on the instagram and stuff and the facebook like that is the most year 2001 website you could possibly imagine rocks yeah i i've not i still like that aesthetic a lot yeah i I, I like that a lot like the original space jam website is still up and it's yeah really bad although it did just get moved because oh. there's a new space jam so they moved it to like space jam 1995 but it, oh, it is still up <laughs> you would have that 
information <laughs> ready. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I suck. I, I actually I fucking suck. suck. I, all my favorite stuff sucks. All my stuff, <laughs> fuck, sucks. Uh, so uh, Daft Punk made a point to talk in the press about people's right to use Napster and other programs but that they would offer exciting new ways to consume music and engage with the band to folks who did purchase a physical copy of the record. Again, for those who have grown up on the internet, it's hard to imagine how novel of an idea this was at the time. Mixed Mag managing editor Nick Stevenson told us uh, that when uh, – uh, when we talked to him a couple weeks ago for like hundreds of millions of music fans who were either too concerned with the legality or morality of Napster or just couldn't figure it out, uh, like how to use it. There was no way to get music on the Internet. Like Nick said a few weeks ago, as ridiculous as it sounds for many people, Daft Club was the first time they were introduced to the idea of getting music from the computer. And like, And then you got to we got to also put this into perspective for young, younger folks as well. This is a time where you don't have a portable MP3 player publicly for sale. I think the first iPod comes out in 2002, maybe? Something later I have no on. idea, yeah. I, yeah. I'm just saying, the, at the time Napster's developed, it's for listening to music on your computer. It, there right. is no MP3 players for or like years CDs. after that. Or burning CDs, yeah. I, I mean, like, but like the idea of... You know, the idea of a phone, I, I, I think I was in high school when there was a first phone that could yeah. could the upload idea, uh, MP3s, I think. Like I was The idea of 13 or me 14. Get, getting a stack of um, empty CD CDs or... and and ripping them up and, yeah. like, and burning them on my home computer, yeah. that's crazy. What's I did that su- all the time. What's your success rate, right? I would burn CDs, but... CD writers were so crummy that yeah. like only one out of every three yeah. maybe worked, yeah. right? So unless you did it on the slowest speed, like I would CDs were expensive. I remember, yeah, I remember and I like, would it would like fail halfway yeah, through. Absolutely. I have to do a yeah. new CD. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It would cost get, me four dollars uh, in nineteen ninety nine money. That's nuts. And I would, I like as a fourteen year old or whatever. Like burning up, burning a mix for my dad of pop punk songs. Like, yeah. Dad, you like Rolling Stones. What do you think of? You've been doing this to him your whole life. I absolutely have. Like, Dad, <laughs> dad you should listen to Dookie by Green Day. <laughs> I made my parents watch the music video from Can't Stop the Music this weekend. I'm never going to get too old to be like, Mom and Dad, Mom and dad what you kind of like, crap I'm into? Dad, you should like what I like. Even though, it. honestly, Simple Plan sucks, you should like what I like. Mom and Dad, I know you lived through and loved disco. You should get into the village, people. <laughs> what we're happy about is the ability from our personal initiatives and what we think to, to convince the system and the record label and different technology partners to go along with us mm-hmm. and to be able to keep this uh, need and feel of uh, experimentation innovation from uh, the independent scene where we came from mm-hmm. through a, a, the, a, a little bit more corporate scene maybe here. Yeah, uh, Emmanuel de Brutel uh, was then the president of Virgin Continental Europe said the Daft Club membership is the solution to the interactive craving of the fan base and the need for uh, continuous content. So Daft Punk presented them this, this idea. They backed they backed it financially. And Virgin was like, yeah, go ahead. You robots, do whatever, do whatever. Good dance album name? Interactive craving. Interactive craving. Interactive Ooh. craving. That's dance Keep that in your That's brain. That's good. That is good. 
say that on a podcast about electronic music <laughs> yeah. that a lot of electronic hey, artists listen if to. If you take it legally, it we belongs to you. whatever, whoever said it first, yeah. but then me. We'll <laughs> uh, the idea was simple. The CD uh, or record of Discovery would come with a plastic pressed membership card with a unique access code. It looked like a credit card. It felt like a credit card. It was very official. They didn't want it to be laminated. They didn't want it to be cardboard. They wanted it to feel and look real. The boys wanted uh, um, uh, they wanted it to be special. Uh, you could boot up your copy of Discovery in the CD-ROM uh, of your desktop computer or visit a special Daft Club website, enter your new Daft Club ID, and gain access to all sorts of fun Daft Punk goodies. You will be able to become a member and download additional mixes and music for free on daftclub.com. It is a way for us to deliver more music so it can be great fun for everyone. Them rolling out the Discovery promo Jesus. this way. It's so nuts hearing Romanthony doing his, like, Chicago horny <laughs> grunting. Under him, you're like, and you, you have- may now assimilate <laughs> to our club. It's really crazy. It's really funny. It really hits home the fact that these were, like, 26-year-old guys just, like, <laughs> having fun of being comedy. dorks. They're you dorks. may now buy our special thing. Yeah, they're just... Like twenty six year old dudes, romantic dudes, like oh. living life and having fun and being friggin' dorks. We should make a live twenty twenty one credit cards. I would love that. You can buy blank credit cards, and it's really cheap to buy a credit card thing that punches in the numbers. All right, we're, yeah, come back. For, and I know that be, for like all the regular reasons you know about yeah, how to I, make a credit card. I I. I I mean, it for all the normal reasons that one would <laughs> have to make his own credit cards. <laughs> Tomas said at the time, thanks to the at, uh, access card given with the album, people will be able to see on the net the evolution of the disc uh, on the Daft Club. If in six months we say to ourselves that such and such song deserves another treatment, that the version that should have been on the album is this one rather than that one, we can do it. Uh, as we will be able to present new things, there are some like 35 different versions of different songs on the album. So they were just like this idea. Now, like you both like like put out a song that like that idea in 2001 was not a part of the music industry right. that you could just release a song that wasn't a part of an album. That's like think about the way like the gorillas did the the. Um, song machine in the last year and a half or whatever yeah. they just put out a song once a month for a year that that idea was completely like ridiculous i mean you could time. do you could do an ep you could do a single with a b-side but yeah. but even the singles a were single attached was to a project be, yeah. yeah you know what i mean like it's 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 very crazy to navigate this look at this through the lens of 2021 yeah uh, I, I especially for those of you who are listening yeah, who are you know may, if, you're, if you're listening right now and you're 15 16 17 years old you have no comprehension 20, yeah, of this this. Tw- this is 20 years before this is 20 years in the past and he's talking uh, uh, he's talking about the way that people release music now yeah uh, there was they might be giants in 1983 uh to 2006 did a thing called dial a song where they had an answering machine 
that had a song they wrote as an outgoing message. Yeah. And you would call this Brooklyn phone number and just hear whatever song they were playing. And it was just songs from that. They would make wow. songs for that. That's crazy. That's very old-timey and very cool. Yeah, that is crazy. That's it's the same energy, you know? Uh, that's absolutely something two dorks named John would do. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> two in many, school dorks named John. In many ways, the ideas behind Daft Club was a precursor to how uh, artists interact with fans and release music now. Said Tomas at the time, it's establishing a connection between people that listen to our music and ourselves. There's no limits of time, and it helps people get and listen to the music. A track could have been done today and get it released uh, online tomorrow. The other thing is that it really helps us express ourselves on the internet, which, you know, people can't stop expressing themselves. God, I love expressing myself on the (laughs) fucking internet. Uh, Scott Simon is now the CEO of Push Entertainment. He developed the idea uh, or the technology with the boys. Upon uh, the recent 20th anniversary of Discovery, Simon published a blog post about his work on the tech. The Daft Punk team approached him a year before the release of the album to see if Simon could help make their vision a reality. And as Simon points out, this was a full four years before the launch of iTunes, seven years before Spotify. And they were just like, can you do this? Uh, From uh, Simon's blog, Daft Punk understood the power of what they did. And for me, as a music fan, their thinking was totally logical. They appreciated the geeky and inquisitive nature of their fans and knew that they would love to get behind the scenes. Daft Punk also understood that if they did it in a continuous, consistent way, drops every two weeks or so, that they could build a stronger, longer, and uh, inspired relationships. They did not, however, want to give their music away. They owned their digital rights and they wanted to protect them. My job was to ensure that only purchasers of the CD could get access to the continuous content, but to do it all in a way that matched the Daft Punk aesthetic. The next nine months were spent explaining to uh, the art of the possible to the most amazingly creative and driven team I have ever worked with cajoling engineers uh, and EMI to do things that they really didn't want to do as we devised and built Daft Club. I mean, it's such a forward. I mean, again, I, again, for context, YouTube does not exist until I think 2005, I yeah. think is the beginning of YouTube. This is, yeah. It's so the, the internet as we understand it, nascent. It does not exist. I mean, the internet is a couple pages. It's, I mean, not a couple, this a is, lot of pages of text with, a, you know, images. This is hamster dance internet yeah yeah i mean this is <laughs> and they're doing this yeah it's 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 very cool again i i, I love how many times i say it's very cool to learn this about daft yeah. punk but this is another one it's just very cool I, this this is all of this stuff is something that i i learned all of this in researching this and this makes me appreciate their forward thinking and their 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 like minds for the business of music even more like all of this is so it's incredible to think about how forward-looking and, well, and, and into like how much of like intuition they brought. I noticed in that one of the quotes you you just played, uh, and I'm gonna, I'm going to butcher the words that we just heard, but I really like that Tomas said the need to be creative, the need to make things that are new. I love that he chose the word need there because that gives us another window into the groove, the The groove. groove. (laughs) Uh, That gives us another window into the, the bots here, uh, into the, into the boys because the groove bots, the groove bots, they are the groove bots, but that, that, that I, I, it's cool again to, to see time and time again, the creative need, 
that exists yeah. in them. Not the the forward thinking need. Not 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 choice. Not wants. I mean, I think that they truly need to do things that are new and that's you yeah. know it's, I, it, it is it's very very forward thinking and it's very cool to learn about i think there's like um you know you hear about like early adopters of tech and i feel like in music and in art there's always this adherence to tradition and daft punk adheres to tradition tradition when they do stuff like teachers and the sounds but they're never afraid to do the new thing whether it's anteries whether it's this whatever they'll do the new thing and so many musicians and people they're like oh no you actually can't dj like this you have to dj with vinyl you can't do this you have to use cd they draw they draw inspiration from the past artistically but they're constantly looking for new ways to deliver it yeah Yeah. so like technologically they are they're a, a step ahead of the game while looking back nostalgically for the sounds and, and musical inspiration. It's so easy to be like, well, what do you mean I'm going to do this? You know, even now, like, uh, you know, I'm going to use these software synths from this company for this. What do you mean? No, I, I do it this way. Yeah. But I, there's always new technology and we're moving forward. Everybody right. should make stuff I mean, with whatever's coming even out. Even like, to, like today, before the episode, you and I are geeking out a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm showing you some projects I'm working on and we use pretty much the same equipment and the same material and it's really cool to check in with each other on hey i found this really cool new way that my workflow works and then you're like hey i found this really cool way we to do this thing with these samples and like again i think that the thinking of the right or the wrong way to do things it is it doesn't really make sense if you're creating i mean thinking of this as a, a paintbrush and paint you know, and there's millions of different ways to to do a brush stroke. I love that idea of like constantly looking for new ways, yeah. to to be inspired by the nostalgic yeah. of the art you love, and, like, right? They they, like, they, they like they look to the it. past. They they look to the future to continue to recreate the sounds they love from the past. We see it. We're gonna we'll hit on it in a couple of weeks, but it's like we see it. They take homework out with a litany of hardware synths. They take. Alive 2007 out with just computers and right. shit. Yeah. And that is so many other artists would be like, what do you mean I'm going to do it all on a computer? Yeah. No, I... But now they, they but taught now the world how to do it. Yeah, yeah. and now that's, that's what, what we do. Yeah. You do... you People who do the new thing break yeah. new ground and create incredible things. That's a smart way to live also, your life. Also, rock. on top These of that... Rock. On top groove. of that, I, I do want to point out... New t-shirt. That so often... You know, the vast majority of technical advances and and, and adaptations and adoption of the use of tech are fueled by the want to make more money off of it. And and, and I really like hearing about a room of of the most creative people and, and working towards something that is about the music, about the 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 consumption of yeah. the music thinking in a different way not rooted in so our bottom line can be bigger yeah. you know again i think this is the kind of stuff that does result in, in in you know daft punk being what they end up being looking back these innovative moments that are rooted in in serving the music that they dedicate their career to make yeah it's yeah. It's, it's great to, to see that so like the plan big bottoms i love them big bottom lines who cares yeah <laughs> the uh the, <laughs> the plan worked it did uh according to simon nearly 30 percent of album buyers registered their daft club card in the first week of the album's release in just three weeks daft club website had six hundred thousand plus subscribers 
so that's more than half a million people for one band's online only only content website in less than a month, like in the year two thousand one, like at a time when Napster only had eighty million users total, total. right? That's, they had they, that's they were an incredible portion. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Uh, um, uh, so uh, there are a few, or uh, yeah, so there's like some odds and ends. Uh, that were uploaded to Daft Club that fans may never have heard before. This is one. This is um, harder, better, faster, stronger, but acapella. Working harder, thinking better, doing faster, makes us stronger. Oh, never after. Our work is never over. So that that might not sound incredible to the lay person to, that just like likes dance music, but for like a DJ having a clean. Right acapella version of that song like that that is incredible that's why we get the kanye track yeah he would not he would not have done that if that didn't exist yeah on its own. it's really hard to to use just the lyrics in something like in a remix or in a, a new uh, arrangement of something that that clean release of the harder better faster stronger acapella like that is that's awesome from like a music producer standpoint uh, but for uh, Daft Punk completionists who were never able to become a member of the club, fear not. Most of the content from the website has been made available in other ways since the club closed a few years after the launch. Uh, you've already heard our, our episode on the Alive 97 album. That was exclusive, uh, exclusively released on Daft Club before its initial vinyl pressing. And the vast majority of Daft Club content was packaged and released as... The Daft Club Remix album. Uh, it was released December 1, 2003 to modest commercial and critical success. It peaked at number eight on the Billboard dance chart. Um, and it is really harder to have a larger range from effusive praise to brutal takedown uh, than this album got yeah. from re reviewers. Uh, um, so The Guardian said... Daft Club suggests that Discovery contained a great album that somehow never got out. That's wild. Yeah, What's that's that? wild. That, mean? that me that there was a there's a great album somewhere in Discovery, and that this is like unlocking. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy to me. To have to I I don't know anybody that doesn't like discovery that's like daft club is the unfulfilled potential of discovery that's a crazy these are people who fundamentally do not understand remix or dance culture <laughs> yeah right you know i think that might be what it was so pitchfork way on the other end said to listen to daft club front to back is and it's pointless to exaggerate here to watch a loved one being physically dismembered yeah <laughs> did you look at did you read Whoa. the review I, I read most of it. like With the cartoons? Yeah, the cartoons. He drew a bunch of pictures he, of, of how much he hated the he album. Drew, like, he was like, my words cannot do it justice how bad this album is. So I had my cartoon friend, cartoonist friend, draw how bad it is. He had like like family circus level like punny cartoons drawn into his review. It's crazy. There are I, – I just I, – I don't – we'll get into track by track, but I don't – get like i get the idea that okay this feels like more of a compilation than an album that's fine with me that critique is fine but there are some some outstanding tracks on this album and there are some that i don't like there are and we'll get into yeah. that yeah. but that being said you know i guess that is a mentality i don't really 
have where I need an album to be an album. Like I do yeah. love a concept album. I do love a a, a cinematic uh, piece of auditory whatever you know. But but I don't know. I I I, it, I can't fundamentally grasp fun, that that perception the of the fun thing about remix albums is there wasn't as much of like a thought in put into it right you're like hey we put we worked really hard on this album and this is our friends having fun with it and also there's there's you know there's some some you know like i love the the i love the um aerodynamic remix that we heard at the end we'll of, get, yeah we'll of get that. into the track by track. right but i'm just i'm just saying as a general picture i mean even if you take uh, I, yeah we'll get track we'll get by to, track we'll track by track the, we'll get the into thing that. that this is and the thing that i think critics fail to recognize or choose to ignore is like I don't, the remix culture of dance is you know it's like hey what is todd edwards vocal take on this yeah. hey let's hear what Claude's drums sound like on this. Let's everybody take a swipe at this group. Yeah. And Daft Punk is where they are today because people gave them shots. It's also an opportunity where you have success to give a bunch of people a leg up and let them put yeah. their name on. You know, we you mentioned, can lift yeah, like, someone up a little bit. Be- yeah. Before the release of Homework, Daft Punk got a big boost in like visibility because Chemical Brothers asked them to remix one of their tracks. Yeah. That's yeah. a huge thing you can do for a new artist and some of younger these, than yeah, you. Yeah, some of these people are already established and stuff by uh, by this time. But yeah, absolutely, there. I'm sure that it was a huge honor. To I be think asked. you really see it on the um, Human After All remixes too. That's like, yeah. hey, these are cool we people. Might have Let's to, do. We might have to add an episode for that one. Great. Yeah, I'm um, sure that anybody listening is not we, upset by that. We might have, we might have to add, just add a. And, and there won't be as much like report to that one. Right. That's just that might be just us. That'll be a fun. Yeah, album. that'll be a fun app. You just heard a, it here first. One of We're my favorite add an episode. moments from a live 2007 is on that record. Yeah, and we would not be able to. Talk all right. About so it all right. So let we're, let we'll release uh, an episode. No no report. Just uh, us get digging into that album. Hell yeah. We will not be adding. A Tron reconfigured right. episode. Um, uh, that was not sanctioned. <laughs> it was not sanctioned or uh, authorized. And it would be means I don't. Like, that would be a fun episode to do to dunk on some very dated electronic trends. Yeah. I don't think that would be in the spirit of what we're doing Daft, with this show. Daft I mean, we can Punk? touch on on that stuff. In, we can talk in the about Tron. it. In the we're Tron. not going to go too hard yeah. into it or whatever. But it's just, not our just, energy to, yeah. to take an album and shit. Well, yeah, on we it. don't want to yeah. shit on stuff. Uh, a lot of that is is messy. Uh, Daft Punk specifically did not have anything to do with putting that together. That was a Disney project. Yeah. To, to it would be way funnier if they did the traditional Disney thing that Disney does with stuff. Is like let goofy sing it you know where like they, it's like an album goofy of like mickey does, and yeah. stuff that'd be incredible if they put out the trump that legacies. would be amazing but it's all disney I have, remixes i was just okay so a busy p uh uh um pedro winter it was daft punk's manager at the time i i i have this tab open on my computer right now yeah <laughs> uh this is this is a blog post that uh pedro winter wrote when tron reconfigured came out 
Dear Disney people, you know I love you. We all do. But Walt, come on. <laughs> How can you take my robot friends so far away from good taste? I'm 100% sure the Daft Boys were not involved in this side and sad project. Of course, some of it's nice, and you know there are some of my friends on this CD, but it's a not enough. A masterpiece like the Tron soundtrack deserves the best, and I'm sad to discover that the A&R people at Disney Records are apparently uh, more interested or uh, 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 they're buying most of uh, their electronic music at airport stores. That's hilarious. Look, yeah, and it keeps going. Like so, it that just tears I it can't apart. Believe that the company that brought you "Song of the South" could remix Daft yeah. Punk in a way that's so. Uh, so yeah, that. Uh, um, but yeah, let's do a Human After All remixes album. Perfect. You heard it here first, people. We're adding a Human After All remix. Look at that uh, week. Uh, so yeah, let's do it uh, track by track. Uh, Dude. Okay. So I again. Want to just mention how much I love opening with unironic dial-up noise. Yeah, uh, this is Overture. We're not going to hear the dial-up noises. It's okay. That's, that's good. Do you guys ever noises. sit through something with an Overture? Uh, I don't know. I like like I remember watching uh, for a film class at NYU. We watched Lawrence of Arabia, the whole thing. It took several several hours. We sat as a class for fifteen minutes during a blank screen where they played a gigantic piece of music. It just said, "This is the overture." Oh, I've seen I've yeah. seen like a musical where they started with that. It's like this is these you'll this is introducing you to all the musical themes that you will hear tonight that's yeah. a crazy thing to do for a you're gonna watch a three-hour movie here's 15 minutes of music I've, to just get you acclimated I've to never, what we're gonna do today i've never seen it as a part of a movie that's crazy they used to do it for a lot of like big epic films yeah it'd be nuts if we wrote no it wouldn't we actually wrote something that's about to do that now that i think about it but I, <laughs> you can you can cut that part out if you yeah, okay we're, yeah. we're actively writing a script with right an now overture that's going to have an overture that's very funny uh, it's a little bit that. different than a normal I, I'm, I'm letting you know right now I'm not cutting that yeah. out. That's okay. D- just, You'll see it when you come see the show if any yeah. of you listening. If you're here. out there listening, we're going to we're gonna have a play when, when the world can open back up and we can safely uh, stage a play. We're going to have a, we're gonna we're writing a play right now with a techno overture. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be so much fun, you guys. I'm excited for you all to see it. Uh, yeah, this is a great. This is a fun little ditty yeah. to start the. I think the idea the of an overture is great, and yeah. I think like if you know, it's titled overture because it is an overture. It is specifically to remind you of the themes that we are exploring in this album. It really is. Was uh, the plan to release this as an album from the beginning? I honestly don't know. So I I don't know. They because um, if this if it wasn't, this could be a way to pack. Notably. Notably, this while while the release order of the digital downloads is not um, consistent to the track order on the album, Overture was the first uh, track download, and it is the first opening. So I oh, think cool. again, it was I think Overture as the digital release. I, I I am extrapolating here and adding my own thoughts, obviously, but I think the thought process was this is the kind of stuff you know what yeah. I mean. Again, it's the idea of an Overture, not much as not- a digital download to inform of what's coming. You not know? much is known about. Um- there if how long they plan to keep it going uh or yeah or if they knew that they were going to sell it as a thing later but whatever that like i i have no problem with them packaging that stuff yeah no absolutely i'm just curious if if they were thinking of it as someday this is going to be 
a physical release. Yeah, you know, I don't know because I don't. It, it I don't know. So uh, track two, uh, we go right into them. Daft Punk remixes of Daft Punk. Daft Punk remixes. D- their uh, this is their retake on Aerodynamic. <laughs> like so cool to hear the the in like the introduction of them melding these two songs together which is like a highlight of uh, a live 2007 yeah i take it for granted because i i've heard them blend songs into each other so much but at this time they had not played any of these live yeah so this was introducing the possibility that's i i've never yeah. thought and of it that way possibility that they like they there's a those couple moments on Alive 2007 where it's like these songs belong together. Yeah. And the one more time lyrics on top of Aerodynamic is one of those just like transcendent moments on Alive 2007. And it traces its way all the way back to the stuff they put yeah. out on Daft I Punk. think also, to, to correct me if I'm wrong, but this 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 we do hear during the credits on Interstellar. I believe this remix sure. is okay. the credit song on yeah, Interstellar. Yeah, I think that's true. Yes. So true. that's important so to point part out. That's it. a little bit of an overlap with last week. That's so awesome. um, that is a cool thing as, as well. Um, I I um, I love Aerodynamics' presence on this album. There's I love the way and that it's explored. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the individuals, but, but I think this – this song, starting with the overture and going into a Daft Punk remix of Daft Punk on the album, I think is um, is a very cool way to to, to kind of introduce the spirit of what's going to follow yeah. for the rest of this this whole uh, this whole album. Yeah, and um, I think like I I would love to know when their their thought of like melding all of their songs together came. Like if this was if this was the like the bud of the idea for what Alive 2007 was going to be if this this was part of that because this like, is one of this is our first example of them doing the that. other half of the like Alive tour that they don't record has them playing like That's a true. mashed up version of like Giorgio Moroder and Around the World yeah. so like I think they've always liked the idea of super songs yeah. like these big pieces that go. Songs. That's yeah, you know, and I like again, we are we're doing the thing we do because it's our job that we've set out. We're we're putting everything in boxes and just in talent talking about it. I I, I I I think it's important to remind ourselves over and over that Daft Punk is the whole thing. That even when yeah. they were doing, you know, DJ dates alongside live show dates or whatever, that's kind of the same idea. It wasn't like we don't like you said we don't have their live covers from Alive 2007 in a way that's packaged this way. But they were doing it. They this, were doing it in some way, shape, or form. This record is prime example of my songs are a window into the groove theory. Uh, yeah, aerodynamics. It's like there's a couple bars in there that rip. Is the version on the album their definitive version of it? No, that's just one three-minute look at this cool this groove thing. there are a bunch on this record that are their three-minute takes on that groove and then there's all the ways they do it live like yeah every version is just like hey here's another couple way minutes into this really funky song yeah how do it, how do you navigate your way into this yeah that boom. thing yeah bow, 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 bow. speaking of a window into the groove uh next is possibly the most unique um 
remix on the album. This is the Neptunes during doing harder, better, faster, stronger. They say the soul snatchers come and snatch our spirits from the cloud. We can in the hatreds and not trying to practice love we can God damn. I, I, I want to point out again that that is one of my favorite lyrics no qualifiers they say the soul snatchers come in to snatch our spirit from the club i do not know why i love that lyric so much but i love it so much this is the entire sound of ram yeah what yeah. pharrell yeah. and uh hugo uh Right, I can't remember. I'm sorry. The other half of Neptune's bring to that is this California West Coast laid back sound yeah. that Ram chases and succeeds at. It's that hard. is that is an energy that is not a part of Daft Punk sound at any point until this moment. Chad, yeah. Chad Hugo is Chad, Chad Hugo. Hugo. Yeah. So you were it's right. Hard. Like it is like it's forgotten a little bit. This song is forgotten a little bit when people talk about Pharrell's collaborations with Daft Punk. This is the most – we'll get to the other couple. Like there's a certain moments on Daft Club where shit just pops and you're like, whoa, this is an entirely new way yeah. to discover this song. The Neptunes at this time are producing some of my favorite tracks of all time in hip-hop. And, yeah. and not – they have – I don't know. They haven't quite crossed over into pop music as much. You yeah. know, it's still very genre. I would love – I would love to know the history, like this specifically. Just talk to Pharrell about, like, how did that happen, and then how did the how did your relationship with those guys Pharrell, continue? Um, Pharrell, I know you're listening out there. If listening. you are listening, uh, you're invited. I, I know we said maybe, but you are invited to join us in a conversation. <laughs> Pharrell came to um, school and did this thing where he talked with um, groups from the like music production class. Uh, for 45 minutes about their songs. That's awesome. And of the group that he talked to the year I was there, my f uh, friend's band at the time did very well after that. And then Maggie Rogers came out of that. It was another artist that's very popular now. And the videos are all online, but he talks really granularly with students about their songs. So he listens to their tune and then he's like, hey, what if you like did the drums a little bit differently here and like moved this over a bar and just really talks to them about that's really their cool. song it's very cool that's really cool so i i, I talking I to, talking about crazy cool pharrell stuff on uh it was this was was april 2009 um i, I didn't even realize this until reading it right now but i, I was at wayne state university in, in detroit uh, at the time and and i've told you guys this story before but um nerd and i guess big sean was there too and i didn't recognize that at the time just did a uh they did a set in like the middle of like the mall between the dorms or whatever. And it was, it was insane to see Pharrell perform. And, yeah. and I think that that type of energy, uh, that type of energy is, is probably something that Daft Punk saw and thought, Oh my God, you know, like that, that is yeah. somebody we want to work with. That's just a bunch of kids who had no idea. I, I'm passing around a video. Uh, look that up. It's on YouTube. It's, it's, um, I think it was April. I would say it's April 2009 is when that was. Um, it think, is phenomenal to see stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't find anything about how this happened, how they got hooked up for this one, and how 
I would love to know that specifically and then how Pharrell kept a relationship going with them. It, maybe maybe not. Maybe maybe they crossed paths for this in some weird way and that the guys were like, remember that? Remember that fellow that sang on the, the Daft Club? Like, what if we worked with Pharrell, him again? The Neptunes, the production style at this time, because NERD is the band, right? And yeah. the Neptunes is their name for their production, but ne- right? The there's two Neptunes of them. albums and there's NERD albums. Right. I don't know. The, the Neptunes, I, mean, yeah. I know the Neptunes is Pharrell and Chad Hugo, and that's when they produce music, like when they do like yes. clips, that- the production's by Neptunes. I know that's their thing. I had the, I had the, NERD album with Poser on it. Yeah, yeah. I had that a, album. That I mean, their thing at the time was those like really drum centered tunes or you know beats for other people with Pharrell doing falsetto over. Yeah, it. and that changes over the courses of both of their careers, right? Yeah, but. It's it, like everything that's good about these guys is front and center in this track. It's very cool. Yeah. And, and like it's a great song. I, I think that, you know, to 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 draw comparisons that might lead to what happens later on in Ram. Right. Pharrell is somebody who I can look at his career and he is constantly I don't know. It seems like he's got that reinvent yourself you know yeah. that, but Make I don't think it is that. Forward. I don't think it is the re. I, you know, I think so often people who get lumped into this reinvent yourself idea. I don't know that that's it. It's the same thing. It's the whole thing is about right. creating new things and the being reinvent more original. Yourself really means oh, no one was looking at me for a while. Right. While I was you know, doing like something I new. think of other like other bands I like who are uh, unrecognizable from where they like like Portugal the Man. Somebody I'll bring up a lot. Sure. Their first album is unrecognizable to the stuff that's like top top. Yeah you know, like whatever mainstream today. And, and, and like, you know, are they reinventing themselves every album? Or are they just a bunch just of artists making, music, making yeah. new cool yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. I, uh, uh, I haven't watched his episode of the collaborators in a while, but I wonder if he talks about that. Yeah. We'll get to all the collaborator stuff in the Ram, uh, cycle of our show. Next up face to face, uh, the remix by Cosmo Vitelli. Uh, it really didn't make sense. Just to leave this unresolved It's not hard to go the distance When we finally get involved That's really a perfect, perfect uh, just use of all of the crazy stuff in Face to Face. Face to Face. I've talked about it a lot on this show. There's I talk about it a lot in my life. I talk about this song all the fucking time. It is a song that has this vocal that Daft Punk uses in their live stuff. It has this insane Todd Edwards glitchy chop underneath it that's impossible to use in their live show because there's so much going on. And every time people touch this song, they take the elements that they can and they leave that wild stuff underneath alone. And this song takes what is already one of the craziest grooves on all of Discovery, one of the most insane, like, gigantic chops 
and just whips it around. Whips like it, it really spins it up and it, it feels like the whole song is Man. elevating and speeding up. It's incredible. I I cannot stress enough how much I love this track. This is one of my favorite tracks, not just on this album, just no qualifiers. And if you just heard that clip and you haven't given this song a chance and you're like, what the hell is going on yeah. there? Listen, this is one of those tracks that is very hard to take a snippet of because it starts well, and it grows and it you know it, it, you gotta are, you gotta be there just more go listen than, to it more than discovery these are all club tracks right so they're all these are all like seven eight nine minutes Man. long so it like to to pull out 20 they're seconds growers, of it, not showers they're, right. yeah but there's they're a moment all, yeah. where this cosmo vitality track it it, it it breaks wide open and like yeah. you said it just takes the parts that it seems like everybody who's ever touched face to face is terrified to, to to play around with and it's front and center okay when we're partying we all do this same motion which is kind of like if you're yeah. spinning something around yeah. like with like a lasso or like i used to have a lighter leash i don't yeah. know if you guys ever had those yeah, like a, a lighter on your keychain and I used to spin that around like that, and that's what it makes me think of. There are certain yeah. tracks that just like, yeah. there's like hold the groove yeah. and just spin it there's around. Like, um, uh, we, a couple tracks back, Daft Punk's own remix of Aerodynamic. Yeah. Like, uh, um, there or no, no, it, never mind. This is Aerodynamite, a different reworking yeah. of that song. Never mind. We'll, we'll get to that again. Uh, this one is uh, Phoenix, a homework track, reworked by Basement Jacks. Just like a little bit too this disorienting. I love basement for me. jacks. I, I, they were trying to add something to this, and it's not. This it's not quite working. This, this song is is one of the few songs on this album that I just I, I I do, especially given the amount that I like Phoenix as a track, and the amount that I like basement jacks, and the amount yeah, that I, I like them. basement jacks. This song for me demonstrates a way that Daft Punk can carve out a lot that. And it really shows us how difficult that is to do because this song and I I love noise and I love noise and dance tracks I do like I I love rolling and scratch and I love that high pitch make you anxious this is a different um, it feels like this song has that but it sacrifices groove for noise this uh, is probably the year or the year after Rudy came out yeah, which yeah. is. Just an absolute well, like, front to back smash basement jacks album of fun, wild UK garage two step noise shit. And it's like they apply it here yeah. like in some of the worst and ways. They have I, like the, the like the jungle yeah. um drums, like the like the jungle yeah. rhythm uh British drum thing and like that doesn't go with the vibe of the Phoenix song at all. Yeah, it's just like a little bit of a yeah. like jumbled ideas. It, this in one together. is strange to me because yeah. okay, I, I want to point out also because I have the, the 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 download order. This was the first song that they released that was not <laughs> so it goes Overture, Aerodynamic, Daft Punk remix, and then this is the third one they what, released. What's the date? Does it? This time? is uh, this is three. So this is 
whatever. Yes. I would imagine that's they, you know their goal was something. to do it like a couple like once every two weeks or something. Yeah, I mean they're over the course of two years they did so this was, they did yeah, this thirteen was the year downloads of, of, of uh, Rudy probably. Yeah, like face to face a Daft Punk song that chops more like basement jazz. Yeah, yeah, because they, they were doing those like in like super right. Super all over the And place, I think that, chop. like, a lot of the noise we hear in this Basement Jacks track here is, you know, is what I love about, a, like, a Claude live set later on. That the, the different noises, the bringing in these different weird, like, splats and spring noises and just sounds. Too much. It's just, but it's yeah. just, it doesn't work for me over... Yeah. Over a song that is as groovy. I and, think, you know, that's the, the, the Phoenix is like, you know, ugh. I think there are two types of remixes. I think there are ones that laser in on a certain element and ones that take a single element from a song and, and apply it, it to a new one. Yeah. This does neither yeah. because it takes <laughs> it almost the best groove from yeah. Phoenix and but buries it's it. buries it. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's not like like the Cosmo Vitali face to face. Yeah. That is the magnifying yeah. the craziest part of that song. The other face to face track we'll hear later ignores most of it and takes a single element to a new yeah. song. This, this one is somewhere in the it. middle and just is like a yeah. wall of of noise. No yeah. offense, Basement Jacks. I, no, love, I love you guys. guys. Basement Jacks. We'll have you on the show. Basement, in, Jacks. Uh, Basement Jacks is another group I could do one I, of these for. Yeah, I, I love. I, them. Like I said, I love Basement Jacks. Like w- w- incredible, uh, like like a, a ton of incredible stuff. This one doesn't do for me. You know what though? When we, I, I guess I were at a Basement Jacks concert. If I were Basement Jacks, I would start every show with "Hello, Basement Jacks and Jills." <laughs> <laughs> I guess the Basement other the other thing Jills. is. I, I this is a track that I would be curious to hear on a a, a, a like a system like a like, yeah because this this could be one that works in that setting I don't think so but but I, I don't know too much going on yeah uh, this is Boris Jalugov I think I said that right uh, his remix of Digital Love. <laughs> AKA just digital. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I was, I was, I was but you today. Know what? At Discovery, every, every other record or single that comes out from dance music people around this time has the single and yeah. then the extended mix or whatever That's with what the kick is. drum you need. Yeah. This or is the tails mix. on the front and back. This is just the tails yeah. you need on the front and back. So DJs can play it at the club. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I, I think there's a reason why, uh, Digital Love is not in Alive 2007. Right. Like, that's one of their biggest songs. It is nowhere on there because it's its own thing. They would have had to just play Digital Love in the middle of that thing yeah. where they're yeah. mixing and melding. This is a hard track to it's do. It's like a boot. Like, you hear the, t- I don't know, for people who uh, like Daft Punk but are, are not as into the dance music part of it, there's like the bootleg, which is you take the track, but you just add the kick drum or right. you just bring it to your genre. So it's like, it's not really a remix right. as much. It is. Yeah. You're just you're like fixing it so you can play it in the sets. That's what this feels like. It feels like a bootleg, it, like hit harder, harder drum. So you could 
dance to it if yeah. you're in a club. Yeah, just really subtle reworking of of yeah. a song to make it a little dancier. It's, and this probably was played at the club. Oh, absolutely. After this, it's absolutely. very funny because like today, it's, I was I was I was uh, I was running and I was listening to this album. And uh, I, I checked my phone to make sure I didn't get off of the album because I was like, this doesn't sound like digital right. love, but this is digital love. You know, like it's, yeah. it, I, I noticed one of the, the, the like there's a little filtered snare that goes like the, the. Yeah. Yeah. I'm laid on top. Yeah. There's a couple little noises on there that are yeah. are not native to the track, Just but the really, mix in it's, and mix it's, out you know, shit. it's a it's a pleasant listen. I think that it doesn't. This is a uh, like he you just, said. He made Digital Love a club track. It's right. Really exactly. Our good friend uh, DJ Kevin Kevin, uh, he will often listen to tunes and be like, "This track would be perfect if it just had like uh, like a closed hi hat." You yeah, know, that's yeah. driving through it so you can mix it in and yeah. out. That's how DJs think. They're right. like, if this song just had this, I could play it. Yeah. Uh, next track, another harder, better, faster, stronger. This one from Jess and Crab. This song rocks. This it really goes, does. yeah. It this does. is one of my favorites on the whole thing. This does exactly. I don't know Jess and Crab. No, D- Devin. This does exactly. I don't know Jess or Crab. I don't know Jess or Crab. I know. Uh, I know their dad, Mister Crab. I'm sorry, uh, Devin. This song, this track does. Ex- I'm sorry, everybody, for that bad bit. I'm gonna apologize twice. Uh, this does exactly what you just described. This takes a a a very specific part of of a track and the emotion, the feeling of the entire track and really magnifies it and and makes it its own thing that retains. I mean, this is a premier example of a well-done remix song because it is something entirely new that captures the essence of, of the, you know, of the, the original piece, which which this song does it for me. Yeah. Justin Crabb, some, some guys, they, they have some stuff. They don't even have a Wikipedia page. DJ Crabb, uh, still out DJing and doing cool stuff. Uh, it looks like I'm on the resident advisor. Yeah, so they're out there. I the, I was not aware of these these guys. I don't know th- what they did with harder, better, faster, stronger. And this, yeah, it it's perfect. It really, is. this is one of my favorite ones. Uh, just a good groove, like like you said, like the synthesizing these uh these interesting pockets uh in that song and just like highlighting them and cutting it up in an interesting way. I think a lot of folks now. Right in dance music would find it too intimidating or overwhelming to remix Daft Punk, right? Mm-hmm. As if it's an affront to what they're doing. But it's like at this time, Daft Punk is still at a level in their career where it's like people should be remixing it the, and you know. and putting shit in the club, you know. And they wrote some incredible grooves. The best part of remix culture is that someone could have a better version of your song. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna see that. I think with um, the Para One remix on Human After All the remixes, yeah, that's a thing. Someone can do a version of it that's, that's groovier, yeah. that's clubbier, and yeah. like everyone should be trying to make yeah for the, most the part, coolest version of a groove. Like Discovery as, as, as an album is not very clubby. No, like a they lot make of these, it clubby. Yeah, right when they play it live. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, and like this, a lot of these are 
uh, experienced like party throwers making this music a little bit dancier. Like yeah. th- there's that's not a knock on Discovery. Like it like dance music, electronic music doesn't have to be driving bass for the club. It doesn't they, have to be live. Yeah, that's know? what remixes are for. Like you like you make Discovery feels like it was an album written to be listened to on a CD. Yeah. You know, it doesn't seem it doesn't feel like an album that was written for club speakers. Uh speaking of great remixes, face to face demon. I, I love that. That was build. one I was excited about because we had been listening to Demon. It's a journey. We were partying at our friend Berg's house mm-hmm. and we were having a just a sweaty, cozy party. And I was like, we gotta like I had been I had been listening to this. I was like, we gotta listen to the yeah. demix, the demon remix of Face to Face, because you hadn't spent as much time with Daft Club at this time. Yeah. And we played that at his house. And grooved incredibly yeah, hard a, to this it's a song. Journey. It really that is. Cool. Cool. Oh, so my like, we'll, we'll get into the favorite tracks more. But my my two tracks that I really love on this are the two face to faces, and I think that they again to bring up Devin's point from earlier, they both do the opposite thing. Uh, this this zooms in in on this one part, you know, where it doesn't get bigger, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it's just it's it's yeah, it such a good vocal track. and it yeah. lets it do its own thing. I also yeah. think that like. That that pulse that we hear when it's coming back in, mm-hmm. that is a noise that I love later on in that in in a song like like uh, uh, Raptor by Rusty. Is that sure. the whole song? That's the whole song. That that pulse. The pitchfork. Um, uh, a con- it was a, a contributor. It wasn't even a staff writer, but they really resented this one and they were Which like it sounds like no that sense. cheap like five dollar cds of you know last summer at ibiza like demon you are my high that's a song that i was introduced to fairly recently even though it's 20 it's years old timeless it that is song sounds it sounds timeless. so modern and so just yeah quintessentially what we like about dance music and this track Sounds incredible, and There's, the review yeah, and pitchfork I, is so dismissive. To call that, I, I understand calling some of these tracks dated, or they sound like like a specific trance thing that was popular at this time, or a specific. This song, that beat, that that is, you play that in any club anywhere where people are grooving, and they're going to throw down to that to that song. This was the first That's timeless. That's a timeless group. This was the first of the Daft Punk stuff that I added to my like library on Rekordbox because I was like, yeah. this is one that people don't know, and this is a song that just whips people up. Like, yeah, it, absolutely. It, it, I don't know. It's it has elements that feel so timeless, and it's very hard for me. Like that, like just that, like even you throw that on a loop, transitioning from songs to song. That's gonna, yeah, that we like, that's we in t- dance timeless. music, we like climbing and swirling. I love climbing and when and you get them doing both, uh, the, the Cosmo Vitale remix of yeah. this, it's climbing and swirling. This remix, in a very different way, is both climbing and rising and swirling. Yeah, yeah we absolutely. like we like the filter around, and we like the the rise up. I don't. I don't limit my enjoyment of climbing and swirling to just dance music. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> Absolutely. You, you throw I'll me on a playground. On Everest. Yeah, yeah. You throw me on a playground. I'm gonna be climbing and swirling I all goddamn afternoon. <laughs> all goddamn afternoon. I'll my mom's a, gonna be so mad at the way CNS. I scuff up my jeans, <laughs> climbing and swirling. Uh, next is rolling and scratching and climbing and swirling. <laughs> That's my ment- uh, my memoir. <laughs> rolling and scratching and climbing and swirling. The Andy Reid story. Uh, next, Crescendals, laid back Luke. Yeah, I love that one. I really like that one too. Again, it sounds like a. Uh, a that's version a, of a song made for, for a the club. sweaty, sweaty, oh, that is, sweaty that is, dark room. Yeah, I like this, a lot of music. I can hear the lasers and the lights you flashing in my face. You, he synthesized the couple of like recognizable tones from Crescendals, and he he made it. I mean, laid back Luke. It, like his whole career is like he doesn't care about. Like yeah. he just wants to make the party. Yeah. Like his whole career is just making the party. Like this, this is a song that recognizes what we want to hear is. Yeah, poof. yeah. That's the sound I like. I love all of this. I love a lot of different kinds of music. I'm really into disco and funk and all this shit. The core of what yeah. I like about this is that. Poof, yeah, poof, like late, like laid back. Luke will never make a album like discovery no. he's not interested in making like some timeless piece of all he wants to do is fucking party he and like makes the he, party he makes crescendals here which is uh um an incredible track but not like not a, a party not track. a club track he makes it into a warehouse night just people sweating it's so wild how many people here. heard all these daft punk tunes and they are a distillation of Many years of club stuff put into a pop album. Yeah, who had never done club stuff. Yeah, I guess that's how you know we all were introduced to it. That's how we all heard it. But like, it's so nice to have these return to like this is what the club sounds like. Yeah, you know, it really absolutely. Is. It all it almost feels like I, this is what Daft Punk could have done if they had wanted to make a club they album. Did, out they of did this. their own version of this. A couple years later, exactly uh, with the Alive 2007, exactly. right? I, they they found a way there in their own way to make all these songs the danciest shit you could find. And you know? I, I would also I like that. I appreciate that. I like, would also absolutely. bet you that any folks who who you know were talking about the warehouse folks who f- maybe didn't like the tsunami side of things. Hey, this might get a handful of them back, you know, some of these right. tracks like this really is is this feels like it is more for that. This is not going to you're not going to take this layback Luke remix and put it on Toonami. You're it does not belong no. there and it should not ever be put no. there. This um, this is music to make your balls stink. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. I read I read that's Andy, Andy, this, this Andy music saw. makes your balls really smelly. Yeah, that should be your next I read an article. Uh, just make your pl- next playlist name that music to make your balls stink. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a party. I read an That's article recently about um, these kind of like crossover big pop artists and producers and DJs who have been trying to find an entry point back into the club. So it's like these huge, gigantic Like Calvin names. Harris. Some some dance artist. I'm not going to name all of them by name. But um, 
yeah, these folks who are trying to get back into the clubs. And I don't think Daft Punk ever felt like they had to prove that. I think they did prove it with the live 2007, but there is this thing where it's like you become a certain level of pop and you're in the ether of music in a different way where it's like, you're not even a part of the conversation of what the club looks like. I don't think that. Yeah. I think after the 90, like 99, I don't think that they were ever interested in. They never played a club. Well, I don't know. I guess, I guess they DJed for a couple of years between this. Tomas has not DJed in a club since 2002. He and, did and that like, one thing in 2010. Oh, okay, yeah. But other, but yeah, exactly. They they yeah. stopped yeah. doing that. Yeah. That was the end. So they've been in. They've been doing. Mm, yeah. You know, big music. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Since we watch. You know, like what? What? When? What do we see? You know, the po- people, post yeah. the people that that think that. Oh, like whenever, like the next thing we get, like one of them will finally put out another club record. No, they won't. That, like yeah. they they have they have evolved they've grown past that they have repeatedly told people that they are not interested in making club music anymore over and over and it over again because does that mean one day i'm going to not want to go to the- no because fucking tiesto's like almost 60 and he's still doing it like you know what Ke- i mean like I'll, I'll shout out kevin again this is not a slight on daft punk or anybody because they make house music they've always done that but kevin was like if you if you outgrow house music, you never liked it to begin with. Yeah, that's probably and that's true. a great quote. If yeah. you if you if you move past you were just, if you're over it, right? You're, you're just a part of and, something. And you were just I trying to like house up. music. I would yeah. love. I think that the more we dig in and get further and further into the different eras of, of Daft Punk, it wasn't about house music. It was about creation. And again, when we say it's the whole thing, I think that's it. It's not a knock on Daft Punk to say they didn't love house music because, again, we see they're not a a that is not what Daft Punk is over and over and over again. Daft Punk is the whole thing. Daft Punk is the anime. Daft Punk is the remixes. Daft Punk is the movies. Daft Punk is is Ram. Daft Punk is the need to create something new and original. And at a, a certain time, that was French Touch. I think house music is always the, the, the older. I, I mean, it like always people, is. People but, get older and, and whatever. Uh, yeah. Like if, if you were just into going to parties and stuff like whatever, what I'm finding as I get older is. I like listening to house music in the garage when I'm right. doodling it's around. All, right, right, right. It's I like all listening. House music, I like listening you know? to house music while I'm cutting my grass. I like listening to house music while I'm sitting and on house my, music my patio is not furniture. All, you know, wall to wall sweaters. No. Yeah. House music, not sweaters, the article of clothing, but like music that makes like, you sweat. Like it's not all. It it doesn't have to all house be music that makes your balls stink. Yeah. No. Sometimes it, sometimes music can make your balls. Yeah. Stink. We. I mean, we were talking about it earlier today. Ram will there, yeah, there is ball, a. Yeah. There, That's a shower. There is a very. Ram is house music for sitting on the couch while your while your kids are like outside playing in the yard. That being said, I guarantee. If they took it out on the road, oh yeah, they would have. Oh yeah, done it to prove I that know, idea wrong. I yeah, know, they I, would go out to say, "Listen, my, I know you think that's what this is. I would prove you that's wrong." That's my biggest. Like, I don't care if they. They, they would have turned that into one made, of the most disgusting sweat. If they made all the music shows. that they had in them, and they were like, "We don't have anything left as a duo to give to the world." Fine, you guys gave us four beautiful albums and and soundtracks and live stuff and like you and music and movies and awesome whatever. The thing that will continually like 
kill me as a fan of these guys that I never got to experience because they retired is that we never got to see what they did with Ram live. Like I, like I, that, that keeps me awake at night. They made, <laughs> they made Roland music. Yeah. And then they made one of the most psychedelic yeah. journeys into whatever. Been, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that would have been have a ripper. Well, live. I mean, we have Ram, like, you know, we're, we're only halfway through this. We're going to get to Ram eventually, but they talked about their idea. They had ideas for their live stuff. That included the Ram things, and I, they never they never got to it. Laidback Luke has to make the club remixes of all of the Ram songs right, yeah. so we can well, party to them. I think that there is there is a a a perception on house music again that it does have to be that, and I'm I not, think like, I don't give a shit. Like I right. I spent so much of my time as a young person that got into this music. Um, like trying to understand the perception and the way people would view me as a house music person and telling people, Oh, I only got into this because of this. Or like, I like this because of this, or I know it's silly. You know what? At this point, I don't give a shit. I like dance music and fuck you. If you don't, I don't care. I would say nine out of 10 of everyone I know, if I said house music, doesn't even know what that is. But yeah, yeah exactly. I don't care. But I, I like will. I will tell you based on more research done today. Uh, listening to Daft Club while you're working out at the gym gives you a very similar yeah. like endorphin feeling that you know it's very comparable to going to the club. And it takes a you know it it, it does it, that concept that you can take house music or, or out of the club and enjoy it because yeah. you, you like the feeling it gives you. I think that like if you haven't tried it guys folks out there do it. try it out. You there's can either take it beyond that and just let it occupy all of your time and thoughts yeah. and energy yeah. until you're spending all there's, kinds of money on shit and you just are sucked in so bad that like you wake up and you're like yeah. oh, I got to fucking go make this go in my yeah. garage I, or whatever. I defy you to find an activity that <laughs> is made worse by the presence of house music. I agree with you. Uh, speaking of which, w- w- let's get away from <laughs> house music a little bit and go to the Aerodynamic Slum Village remix. Don't make no sense the way we are. Niggas can't get a chick without a car. Anybody ask me, I'll be the star. Always knew that one day I would go far. Some of these rap niggas, they need a rain check. I don't understand how they got a mic check. All right, before we get into this Woo! one, I just want to tell uh, a little bit about the background of this track. Yeah. So Jay Dilla, uh, um, famous rap and hip hop producer, uh, his his uh, 909 is like in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. His NPC. Sorry, his NPC is yeah. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now because – of the way he revolutionized the idea of sampling in music. Uh, He's like one of the most influential hip hop producers of all time. He sampled a Thomas Bangalter track without knowing who Thomas Bangalter was. Yeah. He just found this track. He's like, I'm into it. I'll I'll sample this. It's probably just some like French asshole. Yeah. (laughs) Who gives a shit? He'll never find out. Whatever. Come to find out. He had sampled one half of Daft, Daft Punk without yeah. realizing it. Uh, um, so much of what we've learned in, in this episode, like the way that Daft Punk f- viewed selling music and getting for free, the way that they sample music, the way that they've interacted with other artists, Tomas didn't care that uh, Jay Dillis sampled his track. And in fact, he said, hey, Jay, you did that. That's awesome. 
as payment, why don't you remix one of our uh, tracks for this thing that we're that's doing great. online? And that's how this this came out. And I would love to point out too, conceivably, this is you know a few miles from where we are right now. Yes, right, 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 right by the 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 uh, the, the the planet where we work work out of. Yeah, that's great. A uh, very cool little story about a, a nice little hip hop track in the middle of this uh, club record. This God damn, this, this is like like Dylan makes a lot of music, and he spans a bunch of different genres. He does a lot of lo-fi hip-hop stuff as we've come to know it now which is what we call it and it all comes from him and he did some harder edge stuff and he did some neo soul stuff this is his signature production style and it's so fundamentally detroit sounding. oh yeah this yeah. is what detroit hip-hop sounds yeah like. this is it, this it is really detroit and paris together that's awesome um i i'll to so I don't I don't have a massive vinyl collection. I got a select selection of stuff I really like. I got you know I got one good shelf that I love. One of my favorite records that I own is Donuts. Uh, perfect record. Perfect record. Uh, it's so if you have not listened to Dillis Donuts, go listen to that front and back. Every side of every. Uh, it's he died making that record, right? Like he was like dying. Yeah, it came out. Yeah, three days. Three days. Before he died. Yeah, it's it is it is. It's his masterpiece. I, I, and I do not say this lightly. It is a perfect, a perfect record. I don't care what genre of music you are a fan of or you identify as being your favorite. You will enjoy that 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 entire I record. I would not be making dance music if it weren't for Dilla because I always loved dance music, but I learned to sample make trying to make hip-hop beats because of his records. Yeah. Right. Like. I spent so much time just trying to understand what it meant to chop up stuff because of his music. Right. So like, I, I don't know, I put out a bunch of stuff like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. That's a bunch of like sampled hip hop stuff that was just trying so hard to be him. It and if so, I had not learned that, I would not be yeah, doing this. It's now. so cool that like this guy and these French guys like cross paths in yeah. any way because they're they're they run in completely different like sonic circles like the, these this music uh very few uh reasons for it to cross paths it just happened to in this moment and it's so such a cool little moment of music history that that these that they cross paths in a way that they like Dilla sampled them, then he sampled uh, uh, aerodynamic, and like they made this work, and it's just really cool. It's, um, it's and, and, very like, cool. And as three guys in Detroit, it means it means a little bit more for us that that this is on here. So Slum Village cool. is uh, Dilla's band, uh, not just his band, but there were there were other folks in the group. Um, it's changed lineups over the years, and a lot of the people in the group have died, uh, but they're still going, and Dilla's brother was singing in the group and they've added people and stuff. So they still tour. Right. And I was living above Santos party house in New York. And I was walking home from school one day, like with my backpack, like tired. It was a long day. And I saw a dude smoking a cigarette outside Santos with a slum village shirt on. And I was like, Hey man, I love slum village. They're, they're from Detroit and I'm from Detroit and I love Dylan. I love Detroit hip hop. And he's like, no, I'm with the road crew. We're doing a show. Whoa. Do you want to come in? And I was like, yeah. And he just gave me a bunch of drink tickets. He's like, come hang out. Whoa. And he brought me inside and gave me a shirt. And that rocks. We just kicked it. He was just like, you know, just a roadie. But yeah. it was just a show on a Tuesday night at Santos Party House with 
whatever the 2013 permutation of Slum Village was. That's really they just cool. Just brought me in to hang out. Just standing in the crowd with my backpack, hanging out with some guy who works for There's them. There's nothing weirder and cooler than being the guy at a concert with a full backpack <laughs> it's inc- it's there's it's nothing good like energy. i've not i'm having a normal day where i'm to going to school and yeah. about to go home and take a shower and i'm walking into yeah. a concert that rules that's very cool i think santa's party house is probably i think it's closed since then what an incredible place where i could just do that <laughs> slum village forever man this is this is one of the weirdest most unique tracks on the album this is too long by chili gonzalez Chili Gonzalez is a weird guy. He's done a bunch of crazy stuff. There's video of this, like, I'm not exactly sure what it is. It's almost like this Dimitri Martin, like, music talk, like, one-man act thing that Chili Gonzalez did that Tomas did a cameo in. Where, like, so at one point in this this play that Chili Gonzalez, one-man play that Chili Gonzalez put up, He's sitting at the piano in a lab coat, and he brings out um, this robot that he's working on, and it is Tomas in the Daft Punk stuff. And he like, and it's part of this like this sketch that he did in the middle of this uh, short run one man play that he did. It's crazy. These guys, I don't know how they got hooked up, but they've done a couple, a handful of things they together. They love hanging out. Yeah, they must. Chili Gonzalez has some. Um, he did some more work with them on Ram. Yeah, um, I was going to say that this this the energy of this song, I don't think the execution of it, but I think the energy that puts it that, that carves out a place for it here in Daft Club, I think is an energy that will contribute to a lot of Ram later yeah. on. Um you know, I get I get this song to me in, in a totally different way. Um feels something like the, the 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 fragments of time moment later in Ram where it feels it feels in place, but out of place somehow. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, this to song me, to this me feels like a guy who's going to sit at a piano and he's about to sit down, but first he has to brush his coat out <laughs> past yeah. the bench so he can That's sit down with his tail. This song, the- this song, I, I, Honestly, you guys, I want to not like this song because it's a little bit of a downer. It's corny. It's, it's, it's corny cheesy, as hell. But it's good. But it's, That's it's, what it's a really good song. If you you're know? out there and you dance to this at your wedding, please l- email us at info at Twitter. I could see a really hardcore fan, uh, also, hardcore Chili Daft Gonzalez Punk fan. is listening. Let's chat. Chili, chat with us. Yeah. Chili. Here it is, folks. Aerodynamite. This is the one that I put in my record box for my yeah, DJ. It's got set. the escape velocity. Yeah, it's got pitch the, up the this. So this, that 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 um, thing. 
yeah, that high pitched squeal, it, it like it does that Daft Punk thing where it it continuously comes back around and you it hits a fever pitch and then fades away, but it never leaves. And then it comes around fiercer and then it leaves again. And then it comes around fiercer. That squeal comes back around again and again, and it like it fucking drives you crazy. So when, when you're doing an auto filter, right, where it's like, um, you know, that when we talk about filter disco, that kind of filtered out EQ stuff, you can set the rate on the filter anywhere from, you know, half of a beat yeah. to a whole beat so that it does that filter thing every single. But you can also set it to like eight measures. Yeah. So it completes that like washed out yeah. thing over the course of 32 beats of the song so yeah. it really does feel like it's just looping, looping around, around. like a horn it, this, this is this is if aerodynamic was a homework track this song exactly yeah this, is, this yeah. is they wrote they rewrote aerodynamic as a track for ho- the homework era and that's what this is this, and it rocks this track uh you know how I, I said the last one feels like in the energy that gets us a, a lot of ram um or at least portions of ram this song to me feels like the energy that that really becomes alive 2007 to me this this track See, no i i disagree i think it's i think this is much more alive 97 than 2007 i, I Bro, what would it be like if you did something and you were like yeah but now i'm gonna do the version of it i would have made <laughs> right no i mean ago. that's what it feels like imagine it if feels... i wrote a sketch right or, or a play and then i was like yeah this is the one i put out but i'm gonna write the version i guess of it i would have written years ago i agree and i get to i agree with you this that the homework. sounds yeah. are more homework but the energy of what what happens in a live 2007 of taking you, you know this is a track this is an, an aerodynamic track with the attitude of you know, losing the discovery attitude and then putting it back in the dance to me attitude. I, I think it. that's the yeah. point. That the sounds I agree, but I also is, agree yeah. that a lot it's of a, a lot of the Alive '97 sounds work really well in that Alive 2007 yeah. energy as well. I guess what I'm what I'm saying is this feels like what we've talked about that live sweaty, yeah, big, it's, big, big. That kick, that kick is a is a different took, kick than we hear in 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 a lot of 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 discovery era stuff. Yeah, it's, they, well, it's they, a club they, yeah, noise. That's what I mean. They they went back to the club noise. But uh, I just, I that, mean, I think, like the live ninety or the live two thousand seven stuff is not club noise. It is, it's a different thing that they're inventing. There. The only this reason is, this is this is if they brought the rolling and scratching. Uh, uh, philosophy. They don't get to, to when writing. They don't get to play this is, with this parameters, yeah. right? But but I think that the, this the, is yeah. This is a step back. This is not looking forward. I don't know though because the, the in a what, good way. The only the only reason I'll disagree with that statement. We're gonna is, fight. About we're gonna this. fight about something. But the only reason I disagree is it's yes, it is looking backward, but it is the source material forward. So it feels like a forward step by looking backwards. If that makes sense, you know what no. I mean. No, we're not disagreeing. A, no, not this at is all. A good track. It's a great track. I, I love this. Like, but they're this playing is, with synthesizer yeah. parameters right. to get these noises in a way that they cannot do on the live album later. So that part of it does feel very homework. Yeah, because yeah. they yeah. don't. They like even though they have the Voyagers in the pyramid. Yeah, they never really go back to like let's twist knobs to see what new sounds are going to yeah. come out because that rig is so 
just built for that set. I, I mean, they, I, I, so I, I watched. Uh, we'll, we'll get more into a live 2007, but I did notice because I, 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 I did a little live 2007 by myself this weekend because I wanted to. There, there are moments where, um, knowing what the inside looks like, thanks to looking more at photos and stuff, there are moments where you do see the very defined turn, and there is some, uh, like, like, like a good amount of that, more than I thought when I was actually looking for when is he fucking with the Voyager on the. Right, right side of the pyramid, and I'm actually looking for it. Um, it, it, there is more of that knowing what tech is where in that arrangement now. We uh, are two <laughs> hours into an episode that Devin predicted would be an hour. We cannot get into the tech of two, <laughs> a live 2007. Oh, you we guys, just can't I, do it right I now. I thought if I said we're going to do an hour, we would just do an hour. <laughs> no way. <laughs> you just thought you would manifest I just thought I would hour. manifest it. Oh, there's a taste of what our, our I was, live I was optimistic. conversation will be like. I was optimistic that this would be one of our shorter episodes because um, my, my script for Interstellar was like eight uh, pages last week, and my script today was five. We still, we it, still you we know can, what? Like you talk. didn't. You barely. Even, you could have written one page, and we could have done. We yeah. Could, well, well we, I think that the opportunity we have with this track is to talk about, you know, Daft Punk's influence and the way Daft Punk is working with this other is, people, which is so very cool. That well, this is them. Uh, this is. It's not even. It's not even a remix. This is a. This is a. This is a it's really a, a new song. This. This out. This could have. This is an album track. Yeah. This has no business being on this like club remix track. This this song is an album track. It, sh- it could have found place anywhere. Uh, uh, this in could their be. Uber. I this, will. Th- so, but uh, it is completely in the idea of what they were uh, trying to do with Daft but, Club. But hear me out so though. Th- wait, Looking let me at- finish this point. Okay. So they they set out to for this website to offer a free place for their fans to hear them engage and interact with their music in a new, fun, exciting way. They completely dismantled the aerodynamic track into a way that it is almost in uh, unrecognizable here uh, and created something brand new and told their fans, hey, we're giving this to you for free. Listen to this. I'm gonna... the, um, uh, this is completely, completely 100% within... This is the most... This is the most most like synthesized idea of what the whole Daft Club experiment was. Is this track? I am going to let you know that in reading the releases, I, I this is not on the download list that I have in front of me. Oh wow! I think so this that, was an original. I think that the reason that this song exists is because it was another pull of the album yeah. version of Daft Club. Interesting. Yeah, I agree that this feels like exactly what you said, but I think that this is them serving their fans in a different way um, because this isn't just a re-release of all of this stuff. They did include a completely new track on the album. So I think it's the exact spirit of what you're saying. Yeah. They're not just going to repackage things. They're going to give something special. So that means that they wrote this. They wrote this sometime in between. I would say that they, if that's the case, then this came out December 1, 2003. Yeah. They wrote this. Three days before my birthday. Three days before your birthday. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they wrote this that's three days before you. for me. So, no. Um, and so, I- they they famously, when they were um, doing press for Interstellar, were telling people publicly, we are not working on music. Yeah. I would love to know when they when they recorded and wrote this. 
because what would that mean if this was written and recorded for Daft Club in the transition period between Discovery and Human After All when they were not making music? Yeah. This is this is yeah. the most just party track. This is the most club track that they will write. And uh, th- like this is it. Like yeah. like but Human After All, Tron and uh and Ram yeah, this is this is the club. This is the last like club track they, they wrote. So again, this is me extrapolating a ton here. But but you know that should be the tagline of the show. <laughs> uh, I I mean, this is clearly again, it's not a remix. They, they it's not called a remix yeah. for a reason. So there's part of me that thinks that there's a possibility that this was some version of aerodynamic that went a different direction that they didn't end up using. It might've been a very early version. Right. That's or even or, it's so, or a it's consecutive so version. Cause I know, I know in, in, in working yeah. on m- my own music that there are versions of, of songs that, that yeah. are not the final version that are acceptable versions of a song. It's just not the way I That's went. That's my new prediction. Yeah. That, that aerodynamic is from is, is from, from this. This they wrote this more yes. in the hair uh, in the homework era. This is the new and wave to a lot. Yeah, I yes. think I, that is my new prediction that they wrote this and then aerodynamic oh, became God. this from from yeah, this. And you're gonna make them. me admit that your point I disagreed yeah. with earlier is, is probably more right. more right than my I, point that is also new, less right. But still, right. I would venture, my new theory is that this was written around I, like I would venture that there are a bunch of versions of discovery tracks that, sound, that are eight minutes long yeah. and you know that sound too more long homework-y. is huge yeah right there are gigantic because the whole what i perceive the process of discovery to be is taking those gigantic house things and distilling them into a pop song there are the the longer versions of all yeah. of this that are clubby i love i love this thought that this this was the first this is the first draft yeah. of aerodynamic that then became like yeah. clearer and crisper and more more synthesized. I, and- I would put a call out to anybody who might be listening to this with any any knowledge if it exists uh, how this track got here and when it was made. I, I know we're probably going to come up blank here, but if you have any input out there, please let us know. Yeah. This is one of those mysteries I would love. I to would know. love. Yeah, I and I will. Um, I'll put some some work into this if yeah. I can figure it out th- this week too. Uh, but yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, next track, one more time, the Romanthony unplugged version. <laughs> one more time, one more time, babe. One more time. nice thing they did for for their friend that they put this on their record do you want to know what i think this is yeah i think this is in response to all of these people asking why did you do that shit to his voice oh this is hey this is what his voice sounds like he can sound phenomenal without all of the vocal processing we just chose to do that as an effect i feel like this is a hey look this he really sounds phenomenal this song is a song that i can respect uh, I don't think it is a bad song, but it is not a song that I personally. I'm like. not going to listen to this again. Yeah, I, yeah no, I, I, I really. There are a couple like where I said too long the the Gonzalez version there 
doesn't feel out of place well, somehow. The Gonzalez for the Chili Gonzalez version sounds like the Richard Cheese version. Yeah, of that right. Song. But it doesn't. Again, that one. For I forgot me, to mention that earlier. For me, that doesn't sound out of place somehow. For me, this yeah. incredibly horny take on one more I time truly, does feel out of I place to me. I truly think it's just that because Romanthony does not make music like this but at it, any point almost, in his career. It's also not like recorded that well where you can hear the mic like peaking and stuff. Right. This it. feels like, like a, I don't yeah. know, this feels like demo tracks yeah. or like single vocal takes. Yeah. I feel like this is truly just to say, that well. listen, Romanthony has a great voice yeah. on his own. The microphone yeah. sounds grainy. Yeah, whatever. It's, I, it's fine. Uh, um, so, the album ends with something about us. Yep. I didn't grab a, uh, a clip from that. We've heard that. We've uh, heard they it. didn't change it at all. They did. But, they did. Yeah. We've been heard. Um, the uh, the uh, the Japanese release. Oh, wait, let me one more time. Oh. But I want to just touch again one when we're talking about something about us. They did notably. I, I know we mentioned this earlier. They did notably title yeah. it something about us and then uh, uh, the love theme from Interstellar. So this right. one is a in single. service of the single for for Interstellar, I believe. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. Which uh, I think is so important. Uh, the uh, Japanese version of this CD came with an exclusive. Yeah. Uh, and I I dig this. Voyager is one of my favorite Discovery tracks. It doesn't get a treatment on uh, the American version or the world version of Dap Club. But we get uh, the Dominique Torti wild style edit of Vo uh, Voyager from the Japanese version of this album. Yeah, very similar to that digital love thing where it's like, not not a ton's been done to this, but they just made it a little uh, clubbier. It would have been you would have been remiss to leave out the baseline. You know oh, that yeah. is the that is the track. Yeah, and and it it it's it's what I want. To today on the Daft Punk uh, Reddit group, somebody posted just like, convince me that Voyager isn't the best Daft Punk uh, song, and. Uh, it's hard to argue. Yeah. A, a lot of people in there were like exactly like that's one of the base, best bass lines of all time. That's a groover. Yeah. It is the best. It is. It's a it's a great track. I um, think that bass is played. But and a then, lot of people think that it's synthesized. I, we all know it's a combination. I think someone played that bass line. I think somebody played and it then they and then did, fucked it up. They, right? they put it's effects on like, it or I, put a synth over it. I, I do think there is a real bass in there. Somewhere. Yeah, I agree. And just like the the digital love solo, yeah, there's a real guitar in there somewhere, and then they really fucked it up. The question is, is the real guitar in the recording? You know? Yeah. It's like, because we, we run into it, we're doing it with music. You find the thing, and then you yeah you know play the sample, and then you play the synth. It's trying to hear, is it in there that I can hear, yeah. or we, was it in there and I can't? Honestly, or it's like you were talking. Honestly, do they know? Do they and know? Because I mean, we had that quote from uh, Gimon. We have that quote from Gimon uh, in the Discovery era. It was like, I honestly can't tell you how exactly we arrived at this noise because we fucked it up so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Like, we take a thing, and then we 
manipulate it and screw around with right. it and compress it and then and there's warp it to like we the don't other know. side yeah. of that too is is like devin was talking about today if you do a bunch of effects on something and then you sample your own thing and then you do a bunch of effects on that thing that you sampled yeah. after that then all of a sudden you have layers that can't be stripped back at the same time i mean there is there's a ton of of a uh, 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 speculation totally. on, on possibly how you could get there. It's very cool. Um, you know, you mentioned the the Daft Punk Reddit um, and some of the groups were, and it's very cool to see these folks out there who are trying to recreate. Uh, you know where we do know what the sample is, yeah. and they're trying to figure out exactly what combination. Uh, I would encourage anybody out there who's into that kind of tech side of it to check that yeah. out. I will say, uh, um, we learned this week that Eddie Johns, uh, writer of One More Time is having a tough time yeah um uh that sucks right um i i really hope that we find out that tomas and gimon uh help him in some way i tried to message the writer of the la times article and say like you know we're we have this little community of of daft punk fans can you can you tell us what facility he's in so we can maybe he i i did not hear back but um uh i i'm hoping that so, he he they 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 paid their royalties they paid they, right that's i think that's important cleared, to say they, they cleared, cleared and they cleared they, their sample and they paid whoever the the label was that they, they cleared it with they right? cleared their they cleared the sample and they have pay, paid royalties and they've paid royalties twice a year since the release of one more time yeah like they were supposed to exactly do. so this is not a daft punk this error is this not, is whoever has the rights to yeah. to this to is, Eddie John's stuff. Eddie this John's is not right. necessarily a Daft Punk problem. This is a the a way the recording industry does this stuff yes. problem. That being said, it's a it's really it's really sad. It's very sad to find out that Eddie John's is sitting in a, a homeless facility in L.A. Honestly, he just he the his quotes in the story were just like, I just want my daughter to know I have credit for this thing. Yeah. So it just, it just highlights to me the fact like how many quotes we have read on this show from artists who Daft Punk has sampled and highlighted who they were like Leggy and, uh, and Edward, Edwin Birdsong and all these folks that kind of were buried in the history of, of um, media that Daft Punk plucked out of the shadows or whatever, and they had all these quotes about like like they introduced me to a new audience, yeah. they gave me a new life, like blah blah blah, what all that stuff. It sucks that this guy fell through the cracks. Yeah. I I do want to reiterate from from my perspective, and until more more information comes out, I do want to reiterate that I I think this is a predatory record label. Failure. Yes, I do not think this is a Daft Punk this is not failure. A, this is not they a Daft did Punk what failure. they were supposed yep. to do. That being said, I do think that the bots should, should step out and yeah. surprise us all, even if silently, without a quote, without a word, and just cut this guy a check. Yeah. If you know of a fundraising effort uh, to help Eddie Johns, please let us know. Email us at. Uh, info at alive2021.com and we will do everything in our power to amplify it and spread the message because Daft Punk fans uh, are awesome. One thing we have learned putting this show together is that this is an incredibly loving 
and uh, accepting and uh, excited community. Um, so let uh, let us help amplify your message if you if you're out there helping him. Yeah. Uh, we would love to hear it. I mean, it's it's great to hear all of the stories of, you know, it seems like most of what we talk about is rooted in, in, in trying to find ways to be happy, to be community, to be loving. And I think this is another extension of that. So let's do it if we can, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Um, so uh, we end every episode um, chatting about some of our new favorite music. Um, uh, you might be discovering dance music for the first time uh, listening to this. If you're a Daft Punk fan uh, and you haven't uh, discovered the plethora of other electronic music out there, let us help you. So uh, um, each week we highlight uh, a song that uh, each of us is excited about, is obsessed with. It could be a new song that we just discovered. It could be an old song that we just rediscovered. It could just be an earworm that's been with us for a while and we want to highlight. We want to bring grooves to you. We have an incredibly exciting announcement in uh, in our new music. This is a world premiere. Yeah, this is a, a world, world premiere. premiere. Yeah, no, this is a track I've uh, sat a lot with yeah. for the last couple of weeks because it's mine. Absolutely. Uh, I am uh, I'm, I'm producing uh, some music under a new moniker. Uh, so check check it out on uh, all of the services. That's uh, right, folks. Just two weeks after Devin Jetski's world premiere, we have... Producing as a plomb bomb, a p l o m b space b o m b, uh, and this uh, this is a track that uh, I made, and it's called "Do You." I'm uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about that, and I think you might see a, a little bit of a trend. Uh, Devin Jetski releases something, I release something, and maybe you'll see some more stuff coming out pretty soon. But that music whips ass. Safe to say that the Alive 2021 boys are not done making music. Music make us lose control. Lose control. <laughs> music music make me lose control. Personally. Music make me lose yeah. control, and obviously music make you lose control. Music, obviously music make music you lose make control. music make all of us lose control. It does. Music? I pay tap dollar to lose the, control. The, ju- the judge told me I'm not legally responsible for anything that happens if I'm l- while listening I'm to music. music. <laughs> yeah, while I'm, while on, I'm music. on music, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that so that track uh, it came out uh, today. So That's it's on uh, it's on the 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 Spotify, Spotify the iTunes, Beatport, all of them. Apple Music. Go put that on your playlist and get some get put some it plays. on your playlist. Follow uh, follow a plomb bomb. Uh, and, and add it to stuff you're already listening to. If you're listening to stuff like that, and just get it all mixed up in yeah. the algorithm. M- get it, it mixed up. up in the algorithm, please. That's another good album title, Mixed Up in the Algorithm. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm fucking mixed up in the algorithm. <laughs> That's great work, buddy. Hell yeah. Hey, thank you. We're doing stuff. We're making stuff happen. We're making this podcast. We're making music. We're writing comedy. 
We're writing a overture for a techno play. If we're writing a techno overture for a play, <laughs> uh, a techno overture, techno overture. <laughs> God, that's <laughs> better than smashing two words together. What's better than that? Uh, what do you guys got? Uh, Devin has one that just came out like this today, out, right? Yeah, uh, either last night or today. Uh, it is a Skrillex and Fortet and somebody else whose name is Stara. Stara. Um. I, I recognize that some of the folks who like house music might not be interested in Skrillex because he's historically been a dubstep guy. I liked him because I loved the band from first to last in high school, and I was very excited about his transition into dance music. And though I was never super into dubstep, I think it's important to recognize that when an artist puts out a song that rips, whether you have historically liked them or not, you can vibe to it hard and become a fan. So if you've never been a Skrillex fan, why not start now? Because this song whips ass. Those xylophones, that's fortunate. Absolutely. The xylophones is fortunate. All around. That, like, I cannot. If you haven't watched the Skrillex Forte B2B from a couple years ago, it's worth spending time on because those guys occupy different spaces in dance music, but they have something in common that is very cool. If you don't know Forte, look him up he's he's weird he's like more on the avant-garde side of house music and he's got some incredible stuff i can't believe the evolution of skrillex from what what we know of him to now sonny moore has that's always a great, that's a great had track. an interest in the same things these kind of like super processed vocal melodies and stuff the delivery system for so long was dubstep and for a lot of people that's not a rhythm they vibe with yeah, but what he likes about melody and sound is compelling, no matter what genre. And I'm excited that he's gonna hopefully put out more stuff like this that has four on the floor that we can move to. Mine this week is luxury. This song's called "Do This Forever." Luxury so, without a U. Luxury without the first U. Without the first U. Right. They that whoever that is rips. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure those strings are a, a mo. Uh, uh, is it Moby or Fat what, Fat Boy Slim? I don't know. Who I, are those you strings said Fat from? Fat Boy Slim, and I was like, I think that's Fat Boy Slim, but now th- I'm not sure. I think it's Moby or Fat Boy Slim. If you know for sure, I cannot pinpoint exactly. I know those that string sample. We talk a lot about like you can use anything as percussion. That's a track that is using a kick drum as the bass. Yeah, and it's moving all boom, 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 boom. Yeah, boom. and it it. Luxury has some track that I I like. I can't like I like I was convinced like I shouldn't play this song because I know it's like like a thirty million hit thing. This this has seventeen thousand plays on on YouTube. 
go check it out because like that this song should be known more this should be a club banger if you like dance music you should That's know this song there's a song by luxury i don't remember what the beginning of it is but it's on one of my things and it goes um yeah the song goes and that's how the song starts, and then it just rips into this rhythm. It's like the song okay. goes boom, 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 boom. Play, it, play the beginning of 2007 by Luxury. Okay. This song just goes in. It, it's such a weird jump, but I love it. This song is called... Love it! Yeah, this, this song only is called... Has, boom, boom, this boom. only has 2,700 plays on YouTube. Luxury, whoever they are... People should know who they are. Absolutely. No notes. Good tracks. No notes. Good no tracks. No notes. Good tracks. Uh, Andy, what do we got next week? Uh, next week, we are leaving the Discovery era behind. the Discovery uh, era. My goodness. So we learned a little bit last week uh, at the tail end of the Interstellar cycle that the boys were starting to get a little fed up with the recording industry. Yeah. Um. Next week, we'll see how that manifests itself into their darkest, muddiest, most pessimistic album as a group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Next week, we'll be we will we're back on the album track. Mm, I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm very excited to talk about Daft Punk's most misunderstood album. It's wild. I'm just now realizing that they're saying we're human after all. And their expression of humanity is that is yeah. that yeah uh, it's, we're it's gonna crazy. we're gonna really crack into it, uh, um they what they were doing why they did it that way, uh why they um shed all of the meticulous uh, specificity of discovery do they have a front and a back or are they just one thing <laughs> we're talking about human after all next week yeah. Do they have a front and a back, or is it all one thing? Um, also, what is it? What is human after all? What is the front or the back of that album? Who knows? Or is it just one thing? Or is the album just one thing? We'll talk about it all. <laughs> I'm well, excited. I'm excited as well. Uh, um, it is their, mo- like I said, most misunderstood, most critically confused album. Uh, um, there are... There are waves and waves of Daft Punk fans that this is their favorite one. Why is that? Why uh, um, why do some fans not connect to it? What is its legacy in the pantheon of Daft Punk's oeuvre? We're going to talk about it all next week. I'm very excited to crack into another album because we've had um, almost a month. It's been almost a month yeah, since we talked about Discovery. Talk about an album. I'm Andy Reid. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Good Tweets, Dr. Good Tweets. You can find me on Instagram at Andy Reed, Andy Reed, R E I D. I'm the biggest Daft Punk fan in the world, and I challenge you to, <laughs> I challenge you to prove that I'm not. The best Sit way to end down. An, the best way to end an episode is challenge your entire fan I, base. I defy <laughs> you to prove that I'm not the Andy biggest. Andy stood Punk up for that. World. I am. Uh, I'm Devin Jetski, and you can find me on Spotify and Bandcamp and Twitter and Instagram and Beatport and freaking follow me and download all my crap. 
Yeah, uh, I'm Darren. Uh, I uh, produce under the moniker Aplomb Bomb, A P L O M B space B O M B, uh, and you can get that track uh, today uh, on all the places that Devin just lift, uh, listed off. Uh, and and do the same stuff with my stuff, Hell please. Yeah. But you can also uh, find me on all the social medias. I'm at the most Darren T H E M O S T D A R R E N, uh, and you can catch me still uh, almost every day uh, putting out some uh, some gaming content over on Facebook Gaming uh, at DSG Gaming. Uh, so hopefully I'll see you there. Oh, that's it. We did it. That's Another it. Another episode in the can. I am at this point confident that we will not have an episode under two hours from no. here on out. I don't think it's going to happen. I'll prove us wrong. What if our Ram episode was just like 15 minutes? I, I, I don't think that. Hey, good record. Was, I'm busy. Good actually. record. Uh, perfect record. I can Th- talk thanks, about bye. the first 10 seconds of contact for 25 minutes straight. We might have to, yeah, we might have, to straight, have an episode so. per song on that uh, record. <laughs> but uh, without, uh, without we any... We might uh, like that. I don't know if that's what everyone else wants. Without anything further, we'll get there. Uh, we will see you next week. Hello, everyone. Alive 2021 is a member of the Planet Ant Podcast Network and was created by Andy Reid, developed by Andy Reid, Devin Rosenai, and Darren Shelton, with technical production by Darren Shelton. For more information, please visit Alive2021.com.